Hi, Tom. Hi, Steve. You guys are so funny. Have a great show. It's totally wicked. Welcome, everybody, to Masters of Profundication. I'm Tom Witham. I'm Steve Piles. <laughs> Steve is coming to us from uh, a near-Earth orbit. He is actually on his own space station he built out of uh, rubbish that was in the, actually, his backyard. I'm, I'm actually not Steve. I'm Steve Bot 3000 <laughs> filling in. I want, from, to, I want to feel this human emotion you call joy <laughs> and pain. Uh Yes, you've built uh, a, a rocket out of scraps of metal you found in your backyard, and you've launched yourself into a near-Earth orbit. <laughs> used metal and old condoms. Wait, what movie is that? Old metal movie. And used condoms. Old metal oh, and used condoms. That's a that's a movie. That's that's got to be a movie. <laughs> if it's not, somebody should make it. No, there was a movie um, about a bunch of kids that made a spaceship out of a bunch yeah, of trash. Yeah. What was the, the name explorers. of that? Was that the Explorers? The Explorers, yeah. River Phoenix and... Um... He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Who else was in that? Oh, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Oh, I there. thought you were going to say Heath Ledger, and I'd have been like, boom! <laughs> yeah, River Phoenix and Heath Ledger. It was a doomed movie. It's prophetic. That was um, a good movie. I liked it. Well, it started off good. They became hokey as shit by the end, when they actually meet the aliens. Really yeah. weird. No, uh, Steve is having some internet issues, so yeah. if anybody has any complaints about his voice... More so than usual. More sh- <laughs> uh, If anybody has any complaints about listening to Steve, it's not his fault. Did I say that no. wrong? It's genetics. No, blame Comcast. It's, <laughs> I'm going to blame Comcast. Fucking Monopoly he- motherfuckers. I swear they've slowed down my data because my internet's been shit all week. And apparently, I can't hear it myself, but apparently Tom tells me I sound like a robot. So, Well, yeah. it's, it's a little choppy and distorted. Well, so. this is actually my deepest fear come true. Do you know the scene? I, this just came to me this week. I, I stumbled across it. The scene from a movie that disturbed me most when I was a kid out of everything I've ever seen. Jaws. No, that was a close one. But this one was even worse. Oh, my God. What? Superman 3. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it, I, is it because Richard Pryor was in it and you're a racist? <laughs> Goddamn Richard Pryor. <laughs> Superman, no, I... Superman for white folks only. No. <laughs> what, uh, what scene? I don't remember. Towards the end, because the whole thing is like a supercomputer being built, I guess. Richard Pryor is a hacker. I don't know. I can't remember for sure. But the computer grabs this woman and sucks her into it and then yeah, starts like <laughs> turning her into a robot, like welding metal to her flesh and like taking her over her body. And yeah. then she just opens her eyes and they're all silver and she's a robot. Oh, God fucking damn, did that scare the shit out of me when I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Do you know what scene scared me like that? What's that? from the Beastmaster, which I just recently checked out. Oh, uh, yeah. Wait, wait. Eyeball? No. You mean the ring? No, that was awesome. Oh, okay. No, the the scene that screwed me up was when those, those like, lizard people with the arms that had the drapes and they, like, would oh, wrap yeah. their arms around somebody and then turn them into green goo. Nickelodeon slime, I guess, is what they Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do. They, like, hold them. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That <laughs> scared that was the shit cool. out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's cool now, but when I was a kid, I peed my pants a little. Well, the part of that movie that actually freaked me out a little bit was the beginning when they go in and take the baby out of the woman's womb and shit. Like, oh, into the cow? And, well, just taking it out of the mother was really weird to me. Like, I was like, ah, oh, the hell's happening here? 
Yeah, they they were trans. That's how you send a fax, a baby fax. Yeah, <laughs> that's baby fax from a a woman's womb to a cow's womb. Yep, yep. Poor cow. Yeah. It's like what the yeah. What what is happening to me? Just just milk me. What you freaky people. <laughs> um. Well, we had something interesting happen to us this week. I'd like to talk about just for a brief second. We said we would never speak of that again. Oh, oh, that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, the other okay. thing, though, and I didn't tell you this. This is going to come as a surprise to you, too. Uh, got an email from Yahoo to no, not Yahoo from YouTube. Got an email from YouTube to knock it off. <laughs> to no- oh, my God. We pissed off the powers that be. Uh, yeah, you don't want to fuck with YouTube. You Holy please. fuck. Um, no, they uh, they sent me a cease and desist because we used a sound clip for the Predators episode. What? So so not Podbean. Clip. So the way this so the way we record this is we record this on a Google Hangout via YouTube, yeah. and then it is a private file that uh, it's not publicly listed. So like the average YouTube listener can't click on this link and and watch our video before it's edited. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. However, Fox has clamped down on all use of anything that they have and so wow when their bot was crawling through and listening to our video it picked up on the fact that we used a sound clip from predator I, and we got a letter saying uh 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 i don't even remember what sound clip did we use um i think when it was the it was the predator episode with rob yeah of course rob was involved if we're ever going to get a cease and desist <laughs> rob's gonna- <laughs> if we're gonna get a restraining order put it <laughs> yeah, uh no it, i think i used on my phone i brought up a clip of like get to the chopper or something like that i don't remember it was oh yeah wow maybe it, yeah so see now i would have sworn up and down that we could probably get away with doing that every week if we want like who's listening you know youtube's not listening to us or oh no they are the, listening i guess what <laughs> live and learn holy shit yeah so fox says stop it fucking they're going to send The Simpsons after us or something. Fuck. That sounds they get their shit together. Cancel Firefly after one season. Fuck them. Oh, I was going to make a recommendation to you. Oh. So if I'm... anybody's listening and they're anime fans, I don't know how much you ever watched anime, but... Fist of the North Star. There you go. If you ever feel like you want to watch something that is super awesome, that's anime, watch Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see it? I've I've watched nary a full episode, but I have caught clips. Like a lot of the groups, a lot of the Facebook groups, like Nerd Geek, yada 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 groups, they're always posting that shit. Always. Yeah, well, it's very Firefly esque. It's Space Cowboys. Yeah. And it's not. I'm not going to say it's a carbon copy or anything. It's not step by step, but it's very. It's got the same kind of feel to it, the same kind of conceits. So. By the if, way, I mean, if you if you're ever interested, if you like Firefly and you're interested in watching something kind of like it. And you want to give anime a try for that the five people out there that have that confluence that hasn't already happened in their lives, go ahead and watch Cowboy Bebop. It's really good. I only want to watch anime for the nudity and weird It sex. has no nudity or sex, and it's actually still really good. Next. If I remember right. <laughs> anyway, it's I got, just want to let you it's know. It's got that jiggles. That... It's got jiggling in it. I'll give you that. Does it have the upskirt panty shot that every anime has? Oh, it always has that. Uh, Everything has that. No, I wanted to inform you that both your audio and video have improved. Oh, good. Maybe it was just a weird glitch in the matrix. It was a network thing. Peak time on Friday night. I don't know. An hour Did past you it. go conk your neighbor over the head with a lead pipe? Is I that think, what happened? No, I think they killed the dog, and I think they're running away. 
Because they are That's really right. quiet now. Maybe maybe the dog didn't get killed. Maybe the dog <laughs> killed them. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. Yeah. I could open the door with a bloody little schnauzer out there or something. Wait a second. Are you sure it was a dog and not an anally raping penguin? Maybe. Ooh. I was going to say maybe it was a mutant child, but I like anally raping penguin better. It's a yeah. space penguin. Space penguin. And it's hunting me down. Just It's got to circle me a little bit. Take out everybody. It's like a horror movie. The, the main star never dies first, so everybody around them dies. Well, here's the thing about horror is it, that's why Jason never kills like everybody. you got to have somebody left alive to be horrified. Like, Why would you stalk somebody and act all creepy if you weren't going to leave them alive long enough to see their friends get killed? Yeah, it's got to be. You got something and you, you got to fulfill. And you don't yeah. get that if you just slaughter them. If it, you know, Jason could, you know, Drop a nuke on Camp Crystal Lake and kill them all at once. <laughs> or if he, if he does all the other stuff, he could do that. Right. Like, what's the sense in standing in somebody's shower with the shower curtain closed for five hours waiting for him to come home? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? If that that, that crack podcast where um, David Wong talks about Friday the 13th Part 2 and what it would take for any of that to make sense. Like, Jason would have to go from Camp Crystal Lake to this woman's house. Because the beginning is the woman that survives the first movie gets killed by Jason, who's hiding in her house. He's he's got to be he he puts a head in her refrigerator, so he would have to go from Camp Crystal Lake, and he's like, I'm guessing Jason never learned how to drive, so he's got to hitch a ride or get on the bus, maybe get a bicycle and ride that there, yeah, with his human head the whole way, <laughs> find a way into the house, put the head in the refrigerator, wait, because you don't know he doesn't know when she's coming home, right? She so could be home. Gotta, yeah, she could be home. So he's got to be waiting, hiding, waiting, like, waiting, waiting for hours. Crouched, crouched behind the couch, just kind of like looking at his wrist every once in a while, humming, tapping his fingers. Yep. Maybe he whistling wait, a tune. Waits for her to go to bed. He doesn't kill her when she comes home. He waits for her to do her daily thing. Let's her go to bed. Let's have a dream because somehow he knew she was going to have that. Wake up in the middle of the night and then throws a cat at her or something. So there's a jump scare. <laughs> And then waits for her to open the refrigerator to find her cat food because everybody keeps their cat food in the refrigerator. Of course. And then kills her. After all that, he's like, okay, I got this is the this is the pinnacle. I've right. done it. My masterful plan. This is Hannibal Lecter style planning that he has undertaken. Like he is the well, underrated we, slash. Yeah, I know. He's he just he puts these elaborate plans together to scare the shit out of people and then take a machete to them. Yep. You have to admire that. Look, got a phone book. This was like 1980 or 82 or something like that. Got a phone book to look her up. <laughs> knew her name. Knew enough to know that this is the one I need. Not like how many people's houses did this guy go to? Yeah. Before he found the right. This is like Sarah Connor all over. Like yeah. at least they in Terminator played, you know, attention to like they wouldn't know which one it is. So he's just going to kill all the Sarah Connor. Like he probably stabbed his way, sat in the <laughs> curtains. <laughs> through like five, six different houses before he finally he was like, "Fuck!" Finally, the right one. Jesus, that's Christ. why. That's why he kept the head in the refrigerator. Is because he <laughs> kept going from house to house. Like, what am I going to do with this head? It's going like, to start falling apart. I got to put it somewhere. It's like, okay, I'm a psycho, but this thing's really starting to reek. I, I got to put some. <laughs> <laughs> Even I have my limits. Yeah, this is gross. Uh, it was great. I love that pod. Like that, that the crack podcast from a couple years ago. There's an episode they did a live show. If you look it up, it's actually pretty good. It's pretty funny. Yeah, they just talk about all the things that don't make sense in movies. Back to the Future. Um, I think I want to say Jaws, different things like that. I was a dedicated ghost. Crack they said Ghost, which is really funny. <laughs> they did go. I, uh, Anyways, I lived by the Crack Podcast for a while, but the, I got tired of them telling me how racist and stupid I was. So yeah, that got old. Plus the guy Jack O'Brien that did it, I couldn't take the way he talked. Which maybe that's the pot calling the kettle black, but <laughs> there it is. 
Yeah, maybe. Uh, I have a confession to make. Mm. Confession corner. It's good to start off that way. Ease your soul, my son. Yeah, I, I rewatched the Star Wars Last Jedi trailer like four or five times. Yeah, me too, but I'm disappointed in you for doing it. Yeah, you, no bless you. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I just you sneezed had, and you didn't bless you me now. Standard, you had a goal, a pinnacle that I admired and you you tossed it out the window. Yeah. You had principles, man. Well, can, now that the confession is over, can I tell you why okay. I watched it? Okay, that's okay. Space I was looking one. for, you remember how the first time around they had uh, Kylo Ren? review his own trailer and it was the funny guy doing the kylo ren voice uh oh yeah 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 that's that's what i was looking for i was looking for kylo ren reviewing his own movie (laughs) oh my god so funny but i couldn't find it i found a whole bunch of people trying to imitate that yeah yeah not so good good. most of them are good so where i've rewatched the trailer a couple times i haven't really rewatched it in its entirety i've rewatched it trying to find comedy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah you tell yourself that you just want yeah, to watch it again that's that's how i'm getting past that maybe this one that says official last jedi trailer is going to have some comedy in it. no oh well i best we'll watch it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's you know what i stumbled across in our little jail library what? there was a written called the last jedi already oh wait what it was i i, I want to say it's one of the non-canonical ones now that's the only thing i can think of but you know how the extended universe had like a thousand books written about it. Yep. Yep. There is one called the last Jedi. It's part of a series. Hmm. It's about somebody that survives order 66. Actually, this might be canonical because it's about yep. order 66 and all that crap. Is it like a young reader? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I didn't really look at that hard. It was called the last Jedi, which I looked, I was like, Oh my God, did they do the novelization for this already? That's crazy. There's no <laughs> and way here it is in your hands. And nobody like this completely under the radar. No, it's about somebody in between uh episode four and five so or three and four oh like he's trying to attack the empire but avoid vader i I read the back i don't know anyways i just i thought that was weird i was like okay what like somebody didn't tell jj abrams or whoever like um the title is kind of already used to say (laughs) well they're gonna use it and make it more popular what no this book was a pulitzer prize winning i think Uh, i'm sure yeah yeah like all those novels (laughs) so that's my confession what's your confession you have to confess something now I confess that I hate iOS 11, motherfucker. Really? Why? Because it screwed with my, my jukebox. Like, I use my phone with a Bluetooth to play songs and shit when I'm driving. Yeah. Or podcasts or what have you. And it was fine. And this new thing screwed it up so I can't... Like, first, that do not disturb while you drive thing messed me up until I find a way to turn it off. Oh, so you could text and drive. Okay. Yeah, well, I don't. But it, it, it messed with... <laughs> like, I had to... Like, I would try to... Like, if I'm listening to a podcast, it would, you know, I'd turn the car off and leave. Before, it was fine. Put it back in, turn the car back on, start back up where I left off. Now, it would stop with that Do Not Disturb thing on. So, I turned that off. But now, if I turn up the podcast off, the music I'm trying to listen to, like, if I listen to it and I leave and it's in the middle of the song, it's not going to pick up on the song. It starts playing an old podcast and I don't even have the app up. Like, it's already glitching on me. And I'm oh, annoyed. That sucks. So well, I, I, I connect via USB in my car. And it works near flawless. I never, I mean, I have one, but I haven't tried. I just use the Bluetooth because I'm, you know, I'm from the future. Like I said, you're a future hipster. I'm future man. Oh, uh, speaking of podcasts, one of my favorite podcasts has come back, been resurrected. Oh, yeah. Uh, James Bonding with Matt Gorley and Matt Myra. They do a podcast that is all about James Bond. Did they not finish before or? They finished. Uh, what they did was they went through, they, 
each episode, each movie got its own episode, and they did their shtick about James Bond. It's very funny. It very much uh, chat like our podcast style, but mm-hmm. they they go into great detail and they usually have a guest on and uh anyway they finished they went through all the movies and they were done and all over and long hiatus and then just out of the blue they decided that they were gonna pick back up and do do a couple different things so it's back james bonding anybody that likes james bond movies and likes this style of podcast and likes to laugh you want to have a license to thrill there you go indeed uh bad puns you gotta love it uh so i like ios 11 so far the one thing the only thing i hate about it is i use the flashlight a lot um and the flashlight is not as fast when you bring it up and then tap the flashlight icon it doesn't immediately come on that's pretty good (laughs) it's not fast enough for me i want Ah! i want faster than light nobody can see it about about give I want warp, seizure warp speed. Right here with my flashlight. Uh, hey, calculator app. All right. It's right there. Anyway. So this is going to be a long episode. Why is that? What are we going to be talking about? We're talking about something that is near and dear to my heart. Probably the most. Well, okay. Stop. I'll time out. My family is the most near and dear thing to my heart. <clears throat> the second most near and dear thing to my heart is all things 80s. I love the 80s. Yes, 80s. We talk about it every single week in little bits, and we've decided that we are going to give it its own episode. We could probably cut different statements we've made out of every episode we've done so far and make a three-hour episode out of that (laughs) alone. Well, well, now we're just going to do... We're just getting to it. Just getting to it. And my biggest fear Uh, is... I got to say, this one's for you, Chuddy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Chuddy. Stop what you're doing. This one's for you. That's right. Dedicated to the chuds. This is dedicated to the one I love. Uh, so let's see. Where do we want to start with the 80s? Because I have different categories to break down. I have different uh, kings to crown. I have different, different moons things. to walk. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah. Ah, I, I like it. Uh, let's let's king some people. Let's let's put some crowns on some folks, and I'll start. Well, what do you mean no. by just saying who's the best at something? Well, I'm just gonna throw a name. Okay, and I'm gonna say that they are the king of what they do. Okay, not the king of wishful thinking. Name the uh, movie. Oh my god, I can Pretty. hear the song in my head, and I cannot picture the movie. Pretty Woman. Uh, okay, because I'm telling myself I'm over Pretty Woman. Tell myself, John Hughes. That's the king of the 80s or just the king of... He is the... King of the teen movie. I, I say John Hughes is the king producer. Wait, was the king? He's dead now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's dead. But I'm going to speak... I'm going to speak about him. Do Do you ever speak to somebody in the third person? Like, not you're the third person, but they're the third person? Like, I'm talking he's, to you, but I'm saying... And he's holding his mic... No. Well, mouth. yes, he, but I'd say Steve. Steve is like, Steve is, like when I'm talking to you. Tom was uh, grilling me, it. making me uncomfortable. I didn't know what to yes. say, so I just started spouting nonsense. Is that the third person or is that the fourth person? I don't know. It's like narrating my life or something. I think it's third person, I guess. Yeah. Because it's like you're talking to somebody that's not there about the second person. So if, I was, if I'm saying you, 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 that's the second person. If I'm saying I, 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 that's first person. So he, 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 ha, ha, ha. I, 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 me, me, I, me. I, 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 you, do you ever listen to any Russell brand? No. Uh, 
he's quite enlightened, but he was on a newscast and they were interviewing him and he was making them very uncomfortable because he's a comedian that's, you know, enlightened. And um, <laughs> they were talking, the, the hosts were talking about him and like he wasn't in the room and he nice. just went off. He just went off like that's your that's something Americans do. And it's very rude. I I'm right. Katie I'm right Perry. Here. You can't do this to me. Yeah. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, John, John, John Hughes. Hughes. John Hughes being the man. See, He's, now my my John Hughes exposure was more limited than yours by a long shot. Like my absolute favorite John Hughes is Weird Science, and I didn't even realize that was John Hughes for the longest time. Well, there is there's one glaring John Hughes overlooked movie, and I'm gonna say it, and you're gonna be like, "Oh goddamn shit, yeah, right." Saint Elmo's Fire, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's John Hughes. You goddamn right. Oh, I got a little, I got a little crucifixion factoid later on too. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, fun fact: of the '80s, John Hughes produced films. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is number one grossing at seventy-one million three hundred ninety. I, you... uh, I believe it because that was coasting on the success of the first two movies. So, and it's the best of the and, three. Yeah. I have a warm place in my heart for the second one. I I do too because of the German titties. But oh, do so you good. have a guess of what the number two grossing John Hughes produced movie is of the eighties? Of the eighties, I, I am not counting nineties. Only the eighties. What do you even what? do in the nineties? Home Alone. That was John Hughes. Man, I really don't know my John Hughes. Two hundred eighty-five million gross. Boom. Okay. Um. So anyway, forget the nineties. Only the eighties. What's the number two grossing eighties? John Hughes, executive producer. Uh, it's got to be Breakfast Club. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was, oh my. Yeah. I just got to get like a John Hughes biography or something and just sit down. Number three, Uncle Buck. Number had four, no idea. Plain, oh, no automobiles. Idea. Five, okay. Breakfast Club. Six, The Great Outdoors. I am more of a John Hughes fan than I realized that. Trains, planes, and automobile, automobiles, Great Outdoors, yep. Uncle Buck. So yep. John Candy was a John Hughes Brad Packer yes. <laughs> at heart. So anyway, I want to crown John Hughes the king of eighties comedy production. Production. Well, even I'd go so far as to say would be comedy, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's. I mean, Breakfast Club made me laugh. Maybe not the way they wanted me to, but. <laughs> well, okay, you can call it a comedy, but it was it was so much more than that. It was responsible for exposing people to. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, uh, a, a style, a, you know, like I was from East Bumfuck, Maine. Mm -hmm. you no, know, I didn't know shit from shit, but I watched a John Hughes film. I knew how everybody else in the United States lived in suburban America, near yeah. a mall with awesome music and cool hair oh. and, and licenses to drive. Was that John Hughes? No, but I, you know, well, that's what cool people did. You speak of that. This is something I wanted to touch on a little bit was not License to Drive, but Dream a Little Dream. Yep, good movie. I think I've mentioned this before, but for me, this movie may encapsulate the 80s the most. Because this was, like, keep in mind, when the 80s ended, I was 12 years old. So I can't, I can't remember what year Dream a Little Dream came out, probably like 87 or 88, something like that. But I was just in those middle school years where I were being cool was this, like, talisman. Like being cool was not something like ah if you're cool you're cool you're not you're not 
Are you waving the bugs away from? I am. It's the bug that you were waving away came <laughs> to my house, and now I'm waving this goddamn I bug it, around. I watched one fly in front of the screen, and you started moving your hand. That was freaky. <laughs> anyway, I no, I'm, I'm I'm tracking what you're saying. I understand 100 percent what you're talking about. That 80s movies, and you're picking Dream a Little Dream in particular. I'm yeah. picking 80s movie, or uh, I'm I'm picking like Poltergeist or other other movies that showed suburban housing with kids the same age neighborhood kids the same age doing shit whether it's monster yes. squad or whether it's the goonies or whether it's any of those like last starfighter child in the 80s i was a neighborhood kid and in my neighborhood we were all friends we were all you know all the same age and we stranger things man that group yep. in stranger things that's my that's my jam so anything that showed me what other like-minded kids did around the country, we, you know, we admired it and we adopted it. And you're right. It's like a, it's a talisman as something you, you know, something that you can cling on to and like own it. And I think that's where you're going. Well, actually, I get, I, mean, I agree with you and I love seeing that stuff, but like the dream, a little dream thing for me was not so much. It reflected what I saw. It was more was this was this was something I wanted, but I couldn't have because the, the schools I went to, you couldn't dress like that. So the, the beginning part, when the two Corys are talking to each other, it's almost they're talking about school starting. And then they show them on the morning of the first day of school, they're getting ready. They're picking their clothes. And that's the eighties. Cause because the, the fashion they're wearing with the music in the background, the, the things they are doing to their hair, like, like I rewatched some of the clips, like they're putting on ripped jeans with, uh, like a studded belt and headbands, putting all kinds of moose in their hair. Like, and that these were like not the freaks. So they were not trying to be cool. They were cool. Like these were the cool kids in their school. If you watch that movie, they were the kind of the, they were the cool kids. Yeah. And uh, at, me and my friends were watch that, and we we were not allowed to have long hair. We were not allowed to have ripped jeans. We were not allowed to wear like sparkly shit all over the place or headband. Nothing like that because that's the dress code of the schools I went to. So I just like salivated, wishing I could be that badass watching yeah. that movie. And then the rest of the movie is just them in high school and the way they deal with each other. And this is not any kind of life I led whatsoever. So I always look at that like this is what I wish I was. There's there's a scene where Corey Haynes' character, I think his name is Dinger, has his leg broken and he's on a football field or something. And you wanted and, to have your leg broken too. Well, not me, but he had a cane. <laughs> He had to, instead of wearing a crutch, he had a cane with like a little hook, like a hook yeah, at the cane. end, like a shepherd's crook thing. And uh, it was all like done up all ostentatiously in 80s style. I had a friend that wished he could break his leg so he had an excuse <laughs> to have a, a cane like that. Like, I wish I could have a broken leg so I have an excuse to bring a cane like that to school. Because that's how cool we thought those guys were in that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm following you, man. That's that's exactly, I I feel it. Any of those movies where they had suburban housing where houses were close to each other and they were always over at each other's house yep. and et is another one where you know well, you feel like you own the neighborhood like yeah you yeah. just i walk out the door and i have like my buddies are all there and we just yeah we own the neighborhood we are yeah. the uh the masters of all we survey yeah yeah and uh i i still feel i feel the same way when i watch those movies i it brings me right yeah. back the nostalgia hits me right in the gut. Each other's ha- like the Goonies, they just show up at each other's houses. They go in. Yeah. The parents aren't even there. Parents come home. Oh, hey, my legion of my son's friends are here. That's fine. Yeah. Want something to eat? You know, it's just communal living almost. Like it's yeah. a commune. 
And that's how my neighborhood was. And that I loved it. I, I loved that, you yeah. know, free spirited. We're going to go out in the woods and ride our bikes down, you know, muddy trails and get into some sort of hijinks. You know, that's <laughs> that was a. I don't know if we were imitating them or that was just the way every neighborhood was back then. Yeah. But we looked to movies for shit that was cool. And a ghost living in your house that swallows it whole at the end, that was fucking cool. Yeah, oh yeah. Be worth it to have that ghost be your, you know, your story focus. <laughs> yes. To be able that, to brag I, about a ghost. Yeah. You, you ask your parents, when we move, can we move to some place that was built on top of a graveyard? Just, you know. Yeah, just in case just there's like an old Indian burial ground where we can do some incantations. Maybe maybe dig a pool with skeletons in it. <laughs> you move the headstones, but you didn't move the graves. <laughs> Uh, so moving on from John Hughes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to King and I'm going to crown another King. Okay. Kenny Loggins. Oh, fuck. Yes. The King of the, uh, the movie soundtrack. Yes. Before we go on, I, I want to tell the listening audience what we consider the decade of the eighties. Cause I know you are <laughs> a little bit more technical. You can say anal. That's fine. You're, you're a little more anal about what the eighties were in my version <laughs> the way I'm going to move forward is the 80s are 1980 through 1989. Right. And now technically a decade doesn't start until year one. So the 80s technically are 81 through 90. But yeah, nobody thinks that way. I get it. I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> You're in the minority. Just, no, anyway. I'm just going to make myself sound smart by saying it and then move on. Okay. So, so now you know I'm, I'm super smart. Just so Kenny Loggins hits early in 1980. He sings, I'm uh, all right. My from the movie song, Caddyshack. My favorite song from the 80s, straight out, is uh, Nobody's Fool from Caddyshack 2. Right. That's That doesn't come till 88. Or but... it was when I was living in the 80s, I'll say that. When I, was, when I was a kid in the 80s, that was my favorite song. Now it's November Rain? Well, yes. Okay. It was like 90, 91. 91. Yeah. So he starts early, 1980, I'm All Right from Caddyshack. Moving on to 1984, Footloose. He did Footloose? Shit, opened up a nail program on my computer. Never mind. Anyway, what, what did you did you just like say did he do Footloose? Is that I didn't know that. Did you really just say that? I did. Wow. I'm I'm going to say that if Chuddy's listening right now, he's probably pulled sideways <laughs> in his vehicle. Uh, I'm going to get some shit. He's pointed the nose of his truck towards you. Just, just for anybody that cares. I completely called it last week where I said Rob was going to give me shit on Tuesday morning. It was absolutely Tuesday morning that he gave me shit on. Yeah, and rightly so. You deserved it, yeah. sir. So let's see. Um, Monday afternoon. I'm going to get shit from Chuddy, apparently. <laughs> uh, yes, Kenny Loggins did Footloose 1984. He actually did two songs for Footloose. He did Footloose and I'm Free 1984. Is that where he flips out and starts dancing in the warehouse? I'm. That's the whole movie, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, you're right. He <laughs> uh, flips out and starts dancing everywhere. <laughs> So then he... I'm going to tractor. I'm going to dance. <laughs> moves on to 1987. Uh, he did Meet Me Halfway for the movie Over the Top. Sylvester Stallone arm oh, wrestling. God, that's the weirdest plot for a movie I've ever heard of to this you day. You bite your tongue. You hold your tongue. <laughs> Professional sir. arm wrestlers. Yeah. My brother loved that movie. I could <laughs> never get my head around it. It was the fucking 80s, dude. <laughs> it was... That was the shit. Professional arm wrestling. <laughs> Truck driver, just like ah, ah, ah. yeah, like exercising his arms in his truck while he drives. Just that's what this. That's what this do. generation is missing: a fucking arm wrestling competition with giant people with bogus personalities. That'll fix those millennials. 
Yeah. Okay. I'd like to get some millennials and some arm wrestling. Arm wrestling competition would rip the skinny jeans right off them. <laughs> In the flat brimmed hats. Oh God. Uh, anyway, so then we move on to a, a lesser known film. Uh, he did in 1986, Danger Zone. He did two songs for the movie Top Gun. That was Danger Kenny Zone. Loggins? I'm kidding. I'm, <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding about that one. I swear I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, Playing with the Boys, which was a fantastic movie. You can catch it uh, during the scene where all the shirtless hunks are playing volleyball. Ah, uh, Val Kilmer. What happened? Iceman. <laughs> Danger Zone. Uh, did you do the cheat teeth thing? Did you just go... Yes, nice. this, that's what he does. Uh, well, I know. I just, you're, you're committed to the role. I, I like it. You're goddamn right. Anyway, <laughs> so then we, we close out the decade with uh, 1988 Caddyshack 2, Nobody's Fool. I oh, love that song. Mm-hmm. So, to this day, I still love that song. That song went to number one. Hell yeah, it did. Like I said, when I was a kid, that was my favorite song for years. Uh, I remember that pretty much- I had the single. I remember playing it for my parents because I was so excited to share my love. And they're both like, yeah, no, that's, that's great. It's good. It's good. And I was like, how can you just salivate over this song? He's kind going all the way. Us. He had a little bit of a resurgence in Archer. I know, right? That's great. Danger Zone. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, Kenny Loggins, I'm going to crown him the king of 80s movie soundtracks. Is there anybody that could even rival him? I mean, seriously. Oh, God, no. I mean, he is. Cindy Lauper, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, she did the Goonies and she did. Uh, they used some of her music like like that was the thing back then. Like they'd write a song specifically for the movie. Like she did yeah, a song Goonies anymore. anymore. Like you get maybe like a James Bond or something like that. But for the most part, nobody writes music for a movie. Yeah, it's sad. No, like a single for a movie. Yeah, like, like Disney movies, like music calls. They'll do it. But just for like an action movie coming out, they're not going to write a single for that. movie. Fast and Furious, a love song. <laughs> oh, uh, another one that comes to mind. Not 80s, but uh, My Heart Will Go On. Celine Dion for Titanic. Like I said, though, that was, I mean, I think that might have been like the last heartbeat of movie soundtrack. Right, right. Maybe not. I could just have ignored. Oh, uh, no. Probably nope. dead wrong, but I like to think. Well, there's no Kenny Loggins anymore. That's, I mean, yeah. I guess Kenny Loggins is still alive, but even Kenny Loggins isn't Kenny Loggins anymore. Nobody's knocking at his door and saying, you know, Expendables 5 is coming out. We need you to write some music for it. Sure, sure thing. If any movie was going to have it, it would be Expendables 5. So, right. Um, but yeah, like Huey Lewis for Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name for Ghostbusters? Shit. That guy, Huey Ray Lewis Parker Sewell? Jr. Ray Parker Jr. who got sued by Huey Lewis. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know if uh, it was which came first, the chicken or the egg, but Secret of My Success. Is that Foreigner? No, that's not Foreigner. That's, uh, hmm. oh God. Oh, that hurts. That hurts me that I can't come up with that the name of that band right off the top of my head. Uh, uh, the one that I love, though, I think is the, the greatest, um, and I mentioned that movie before, but St. Elmo's Fire. Who does the song St. Elmo's Fire for that? It's, the it's song's like, not called St. Elmo's Fire. It's called Man in Motion. Man, Man in Motion, right. But I can't remember who does it. Um, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's like somebody went to him and said, all right, we got this movie called St. Elmo's Fire. We need you to do a theme song. Because the lyrics have nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. And he just says, St. Elmo's Fire in it randomly just to have the name of the movie in it. It has nothing to do with the actual phenomenon of St. Elmo's Fire or the movie or anything. It's, it's like literally they walked up to his door and said, all right, uh, we need a theme song for this movie. Uh, it's called St. Elmo's Fire. Go crazy. And he's like, yeah. all right, shit. It's, it's John Parr, by the way. Nice. And... That's another, I'm not sure if the chicken came before the egg, because it's that lyric is in 
the song. It's almost like he, they took another song he did and just shoved that lyric in it because it says it stands out so badly. It's like a sore thumb. I can feel Saiyan Almost Fire burning in me. Saiyan Almost Fire is a thing for like sailors who got distracted or some bullshit. I can't remember for sure. But it had nothing to do with that or the movie. It was just, it was so, oh, it was so 80s. It was just so superficial. <laughs> it was great. By the way, that's Night Ranger that did The Secret of My Success. Uh, Night Ranger. Your favorite, did you just say Sister your favorite? Christian. Your favorite uh, John Hughes movie is Weird Science? Probably. Do you know Although I didn't realize all those other ones were, so I don't know. Well, Weird Science, the song Weird Science really like is done by... Huh? I just I really like Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, so... Oh. Well, the song Weird Science for the movie Weird Science was done by Oingo Boingo. You know who the lead singer for Oingo Boingo is? Ah, shit. I know I did. Danny Elfman. He's a singer? Do you know... Yeah. Because I thought he was just a composer. He did all kinds of things like uh, Batman, 1989 Batman. Well, he did, did he do Star Wars? Huh? I thought he did some Star Wars stuff. Well, John Williams did the Star Wars, all the Star Wars soundtracks yeah. until the most recent ones. And then uh, some other dude did Rogue One. And you can tell it's not John Williams. But uh, Danny Elfman did like Edward Scissorhands, hmm. um, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I Nightbreed. I like Nightbreed. That's a good movie. Yes, he did the music for it. He has but, a very uh, distinctive style. Yeah, I didn't know he was a singer at all. I thought he was yeah. just like a... Well, yeah, he was, in, he was in a band called Oingo Boingo that did... I, and I heard of Oingo Boingo. Weird science! Woo! Nice. Yeah. Um, There's a TV show based on that, too, with, what's her name, Vanessa Hart, who was in Spies Like Us. There is a ton of TV shows that were spun off from John Hughes. Like, Uncle Buck got its yeah, own TV I do twice. Two spinoffs. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, failed. Yeah, um, trying to think of another one. He did a he did a few like three or four weird science. Um, hmm, that's got to be in there. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so what was the what was your favorite sitcom from that era from that decade? Um, well, sitcom I'd have to say was somewhere around like Roseanne or The Cosby Show. Hmm. There were there were a bunch that like I couldn't miss. I'm sure there are a bunch that like passed me by because they were on an an opposite channel. Um. And I didn't get to watch them. Maybe watched them later on, or would have liked them had I been able to see them. But uh, I like we didn't miss Roseanne. We didn't miss the Cosby Show. <laughs> you know, weirdly enough, the Cosby Show was not. I mean, we watched a lot of it in my household, but it wasn't like okay, we got to all get together. You know, stop everything. Cosby Show's yeah. on. Like for whatever reason, that never. Now, I, I will say for me personally, now to get out of the way, both Seinfeld and The Simpsons began in '89. Yeah, I didn't start but watching. I can't, right. I can't say I was them. a huge fan until they were both in the, into the 90s. So yep. I don't count those. Agreed. Me, it was it was Cheers. I loved Cheers. Oh, yes. Absolutely. We didn't miss Cheers. Cheers was definitely on. See, this, like, it takes me a while. Unless I've got Google right in front of me and I can Google 80s shows and I can see, yeah. like, there's just so much that is back there. Like, <laughs> That aren't even sit- sitcoms. Like there were all kinds of TV shows. I love the eighteen. Well, that's love- why I said, yeah, I, that's why I said sitcoms specifically because that's not my favorite TV from the eighties. Yeah, I my mean, t- I like sitcoms, but my favorite TV from the eighties was the Knight Rider, Airwolf, yep, duo specifically. But like eighteen or um, what was that one I was trying to watch? Do you remember the one that was? I can't remember the name of it, but it was like Knight Rider, but it was a motorcycle. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. What was oh. that called? I'm trying to remember what that was called, and it's bugging the crap out of me now. Like, Wraith? It wasn't Wraith. It was... Oh, that's a movie with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. No, that was... A... I love that movie, too. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, there was, there was a, It was a Knight Rider ripoff. It really was. But it was... I liked it. The guy had, like, a special helmet that had all kinds of, like, crazy... It had a head-up display. 
Yeah. Street Hawk. Street Hawk, yes. And the intro was phenomenal. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, oh my God, I could not miss Airwolf. And and you, this is one of those things looking back on it, you're like, man, every episode is exactly the goddamn same. Yeah. Well, how much but, could they do, really? I know. Nightwire's the same way, but fuck, I loved it. A, a yep, snarky MacGyver, car. Loved MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Like, ser- uh, the procedurals. Like, we've talked about the difference between procedurals and serials. Yeah. Procedurals ruled the 80s. They really did. And so Definitely. you didn't know any better back then. Like, yeah, there's not, you know, I couldn't distinguish one season from another because they were all different episodes, but that was fine. Like, that, that wasn't something I knew to expect differently. Even the sitcoms had very chopped up format you know not a lot of overarching season type of uh storylines so that was fine like okay i I sit down i'm watching airwolf and i'm like okay this guy has a helicopter that's gonna fuck with airwolf he doesn't know he's doing or this actually was used to another jet it was always the helicopter versus the jet yeah and they can illustrate just how fast and badass airwolf was and then they're gonna launch a heat-seeking missile so airwolf's gonna launch a starburst or whatever the fuck it was to stop the heat-seeking missile come back around fuck it up boom uh, do you remember the original V? No, I remember kind of being aware of it, but I was... I, I that think was 83 to 85. Yeah. Um, Growing Pains. See, Growing Pains was my jam. I watched the hell out of that and Family Ties were the two that... Those are the sitcoms I watched the most. But my friend yeah. introduced me to Cheers, and that, once I started watching that, I never went back because that's what felt like the grown-up sitcom for me. Like, I'm gonna because I started watching Cheers, that's why I started watching Seinfeld. That's why I started watching Arrested Development later. Like it started with Cheers for me. Otherwise I would have been like the family friendly stuff all my live long day. I'm gonna switch gears and say that my favorite is Who's the Boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I still family friendly. Yeah. Big time. I had such uh, a crush on Chips. I love the shit out of Chips. That I've actually never seen an episode of. Oh my God. Oh I know. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm like... sorry. Ah, I've seen clips. I know it is so fucking good. Ah, God. Uh, Most Eric Estrada ever got was from C Lab 2021, (laughs) (laughs) which is good. It was good. Um, let's see. Let's let's name a couple more. WKRP. I do remember watching Uh, that head of the class from the same guy from WKRP. Yep, I I did like Um, head of the class a lot. Watched a shit ton of Full House. Not gonna lie. That I'm a little embarrassed yeah, about. I think that that must have been opposite some because I would have watched something like that, but I I never I never saw it. I don't know yeah. what it ran opposite of. But um, so what is it about the '80s sitcoms that you think is distinctive? Like even family friendly stuff now isn't the same. I want to say as stuff in the '80s. Well, technically speaking, the filming process, all those growing pains, who's the boss, uh, Kate and Ally, you know, all of those shows had a distinctive lighting mm-hmm. and they had a distinctive set they had a completely different uh culture to draw you know uh inspiration from scripts and stuff like the war on drugs and communist right. russia the berlin wall and you know there were so many different things to deal with that you know that it was just different it was they were there were different subjects to tackle see now you know, i feel like I agree with you, and I feel like I feel like sitcoms, and this probably is just my bias showing, but sitcoms started growing up in the '80s because you had a lot of, um, I mean, just especially in the '60s and '70s, you had your Gilligan's Islands, your Brady Bunches, these goofy, you know, I Dream a Genie, Bewitched, just very, very simplistic, very goofy. Now you and you, and you had more serious stuff like All in the Family or the Jeffersons and stuff like that, Good Times. But I really feel like those early ones that 
on the family, the Jeffersons, good times, stuff like that, started <clears throat> tackling I- adult ideas, mm-hmm. but didn't become sophisticated until you got into the Cheers or the Murphy Brown or you know stuff like that, where they became refined. Like they just started saying, "We don't need the bat you over the head type of humor." Like like everything like your Websters your different strokes they always had their very special you know Puggy Brewster right right we talk about the very special episode don't go into refrigerators because you might die <laughs> oh, oh I just ass. saw that uh that was a thing that was yeah, a I, huge that, oh my thing. god I was so scared of refrigerators in the eighties because yeah. I was gonna get sucked into one and get trapped I was just watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind and when the little boy gets abducted by the UFO she she makes it a point like punch you in the face i checked every refrigerator in every backyard <laughs> to find her son yeah. and i was just like that was a thing i just saw that today as a matter of fact that scared the crap out of me and adam walsh scared the crap out of me for a good reason but he's the guy that had the un- america's most wanted yeah it was his father was john walsh who did america's most wanted yeah, the kid, he was adam stolen. walsh was the kid that got kidnapped and yeah. killed and decapitated if i remember right and right. as a little kid i was like Oh my god! If I go outside, I'm going to get kidnapped and get decapitated. Like, like that was like the fear of the '80s. Yeah. That in, in my circles it was a satanic panic. But I'm thinking you can't relate to that. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off a couple more. Okay, you ready? Yeah. And I'm gonna put these two in the same category. They might not necessarily be, but Fraggle Rock and the Muppet Show. Oh yeah, it's uh, definitely the same category. I watched the shit out of some Muppet Show. Now the Muppets <laughs> started in the '70s, but yeah was that was the muppets the muppets and dukes of hazard i think were like at the same time they were my life <laughs> <laughs> you See, know what dukes i mean Hazard's one i kind of never really hit my radar to tell you the that, truth no like, I, I watched was, i watched some episodes here and there but i was absolutely enamored with the general lee um Anyway, there's there's a few that are super popular ones that like that for me that i never got to see um taxi yeah that one yep. I caught on reruns way, yep. way, way, way later. Never got a chance to see that. I didn't get a really good chance to see Moonlighting. Um, no, never. still never seen an episode of that. I'm not even sure if I've seen clips of that, to tell you the truth. Really? Yeah, I, I know Bruce Willis got to start there, but I just don't yep. know anything else about Civil Shepherd. That's it. Uh, L.A. Law. Never, never my really fr- I had, I had a friend that. that was huge into L.A. Law. He loved that fucking show. Yeah. Um, but there were a bunch that I did see. Newhart, Cosby Show. Yeah. I never saw Hill Street Blue. My- my grandparents love Newhart. <laughs> I love Newhart. Yeah. And I don't think I knew half of the jokes. I think that my dad would laugh and then I would laugh at my dad. Because this is supposed to be funny. This is supposed to be funny, so I'd just laugh at that, it. But. That's one thing. In the 80s, I discovered Mad Magazine. Oh, God. Yeah, we'll, we aunt, should we should talk about that later. But yeah, I still have Mad and Cracked. I have yeah. a box full of them. Well, my aunt that came to visit me, I discovered it at her house. Like, we would go to her house every summer, me and my cousins. It's a place in upstate New York. And she, her husband had a subscription. And I would go and just read these fucking magazines. So I would read these magazines. And I understood maybe half of them. Like, they were spoofing movies and doing political jokes. And I felt like, I seriously, maybe a third of it I would really understand. But for some reason, I had to read them. I loved reading them. Yeah, I. So it's like you like I don't know. You feel like this is something that I need to adopt, even though I don't understand it. Well, it was crude. That was yeah, a I lot think, of it. Yeah, I mean, my draw to Mad was how crude it was. It was like every panel had somebody throwing up or shit in their pants, or you know, <laughs> maybe a little bit more crude, a little more sexual or something. Yeah, making sex jokes and stuff like that. 
And I remember thinking, this is this is risque. This is naughty. This is on the edge. So I was I was I was all on board. I was kind of not for the same reason, but kind of the same way about Bloom County. For me, if like anybody that hears this that maybe like missed the eighties, not like I missed the eighties, but like was born too late, but wants to get an appreciation of the eighties, and I think I've said this before, read Bloom County. Bloom yes. County is everything eighties. It was politics. It was pop culture. It was just the way people thought and. It was it, it, it is pure eighties, and that tells you. And there was so much. I, I I religiously read Bloom County every week, and especially the politics stuff. I did not always get what the hell he was talking about, but I couldn't stop. I had to read it every time. Ah, Opus, you're the prophet of my youth. <laughs> um, what what dominated the eighties? Was it music? Was it movies? Was it TV? See, I thought about this, and I I feel like, and maybe this isn't quite to the what you're looking for but i feel like the 80s was the decade that people were not afraid to be over the fucking top yeah and i'm not just talking about arm wrestling well you could there was a lot of pink neon yes this was the, <laughs> this is the era oh my god this is the era like i was talking about the the dreamy little dream what they were wearing this is the big hair the sparkly shit you were you know, people were sequins on their clothes and didn't think twice about it giant yeah. hair you like went through cans of, ha- cans of hairspray mullets neon everywhere scrunchy puffy things you put in your hair or around your wrists or ankles or some bullshit i mean i would not go to school if i could not tight roll my jeans for some reason like if if, if my parents had told me no no this is stupid you can't tight roll your jeans well fuck that shit then i'm not gonna be seen in public because only nerds don't tight roll their jeans um i'm gonna i'm gonna say my the thing that defined me in the eighties was my Walkman. Yes. I got a Walkman for my birthday and that was it. So I'm going <clears> to, <throat> yep. I'm just going to put my stamp on it and say of all the trends in the eighties, the music was the big one for me because and that still hits it. Cause the music was over the top too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. There. Um, well, let's see. We, we could start talking about music now if you'd like to, <laughs> but I think <laughs> that, Anybody that listening to this know this. We're going to be jumping around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to say the first tape I remember. I'm trying. I'm digging. I think the very first tape that I bought with my own money was Bon Jovi "Slippery When Wet." I had so I had tapes that my friends would record. Like I had a, a buddy of mine recorded a mixtape of all Weird Al for me, and that That's was one badass. of those treasure cassettes in my life i loved it so much yeah. i listened and re-listened to that i played it for my friends my family just oh over i memorized the lyrics to every song on that cassette well speaking of weird al one of the things that came out of the 80s that i absolutely adored was dr demento yeah <laughs> yeah and he had another tape that he didn't give to me but i listened to when i was at his place that was all just, he like sat there with his boom box like we always did in the 80s Listen to the radio, waiting for what you wanted to come on, and hit that record button for your play yep. tape. And the that's right. They, that was that's something that our children will oh, never yeah. ever. I mean, there'll be things from their generation that they'll say that their children will never understand. Yeah, every generation has that, but right, every generation. One of the things that is very specific about children of the eighties is sitting like sitting there with a boombox with a blank tape, mm-hmm. listening to the radio waiting for your song to come on and that fucking dj fucking every DJ, goddamn time oh my would God. talk through the first 30 seconds <laughs> of the fucking song oh yeah oh my god oh i hate this day i hate djs just because of that because <laughs> the, the they know because they get shit out so they know 
the music starts, but the lyrics aren't going to start until, you know, second 35. Yep. So they got this long to talk, and they would talk right up until the guy started singing. Yeah, that, and I, oh. I, I want to say that in broadcasting school, there's probably a class on how to do that. Yeah. It's like, you got to be known. You got to get your voice out there. So, uh, the professor is safe. Off. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> He's got like Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Manson is like a teacher's aide next to him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 this is what you got to do. You got to be known. You got to make your love. <laughs> you got to make yeah. your legacy. Okay. So let's talk music. What is, and, and you've already done this, just you've done this already before you've done a little research. What's mm-hmm. the number one selling album of the 80s? I couldn't tell you, but I can tell you the highest charting. Like the number one song that was on the Billboard so long as the, the top of the charts so long as. So the number one song album of the eighties has got to be Thriller. Yes, Thriller okay. uh, peaked at number one, spent thirty seven weeks at number one, sold twenty nine million albums. Nineteen eighty two. What number one song last? Did you have this information? The one that was at the top of the charts so long as in the eighties. I am going to say Born in the USA. No, and it's pro- if you don't know it offhand, you would never guess it. Is it? Let's get physical. Oh, Olivia Newton-John. Oh, my God. Olivia she was Newton-John. my first crush. She was my first crush. Oh, oh God. Totally and I remember that song. That might honestly be the earliest music video I remember seeing, to tell you the yeah. truth. Yeah, I watched that. that guitar and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I watched that uh, five or that six That was like times. technically the number one song of the 80s because that spent the longest at the number one slot. It beat out the actual song thriller. It beat out everything else. It beat like the number two was something like Lionel Richie or something. It was, it was crazy. Uh let me give you the number two selling album of the 80s. You ready? Yeah. ACDC, Back in Black. That's awesome. 1980, sold 19.1 million units. Peak position, number four. Stayed inside the top 10 for 23 weeks. Number three, Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA. Uh, peaked at number seven. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. It, it, uh, it spent seven weeks at number one. It was 84 weeks was uh, in the top 10. 1984. It's a good album. It's not the guy I actually bought myself. It's one of those you just heard the songs over and over from it. But 1984, if you were singing a song about the USA, you were the fucking man because 84 was USA against the goddamn Russian. Yep. Oh, God, yes. So, I mean, Rocky Four. Yep. Uh, That's what won us Cold War, I think, to this day. we Because of Rocky Four, we won the Cold War. <laughs> Gorbachev watched that movie and said, if Ivan Drago can't win, we can't win. <laughs> If he does, Give it he dies. <laughs> uh, number four, Guns N' Roses, 1987, Appetite for Destruction, 15.6 mm-hmm. million albums, five weeks at number one, 52 weeks inside the top 10. Uh, number five, Whitney Houston, 1985, 14.2 million. Number six, Phil Collins, No Jacket Required, 1985. What's, uh, what's your favorite Whitney Houston song? Uh, probably from The Bodyguard. I just because it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, but somebody, I'm every woman. Somebody to love me, or what is, is that the title? I want to dance with somebody. Something. Like I want to dance with somebody. Yeah, I love that. Somebody song. that loves me. I, I I fucking love that song. I don't Ooh. know why. Uh, number seven, Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain, 1984, 13.6 million albums. <laughs> Shirts and blouses. It's a cop out. Fuck number eight, Bruce Springsteen, E Street Band, Live, 1975 to 1985. That's <laughs> Um. Number nine, Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, 1985, 12.9 oh, yeah. million albums. Number 10, Slippery When Wet, 1986. You know what's never making these tops of the charts? It's stuff like Megadeth and Metallica or Slayer, you know, like the real heavy metal stuff. Yeah, I mean. But but that was like 
the era for actual heavy metal. Like this is why I was talking about like the eighties were over the top and just it was all about excess and bombastity and that's the word. And uh <laughs> but and so like you got the glam rock, you got the crazy pop music, but you also have like real heavy metal. Like everybody points to Black Sabbath and being like the proto heavy metal. But the real the real birth of heavy metal was Metallica. You know, the real birth of it was Megadeth and Judas Priest and yeah. shit like that. That was, you know, Pantera. That was a real heavy metal. That's when it really started. That was the 80s. That was just like, we're going to fucking annihilate your eardrums. Get ready. Number 11 is my favorite album of all time. You know what it is? Aerosmith Pump. Come on, that was 1990. Yeah, that was maybe. the first. Maybe it wasn't. Shit, maybe that was 1989. Uh, was it? That was the first CD I ever bought was Aerosmith Pump. Uh, my absolute favorite album ever in the history of music, 1987, Def Leppard Hysteria. Oh, Not yeah. a single bad song on that record. I just got the best of Def Leppard CD because they don't have iTunes uh, like like three weeks ago. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, 12 Dirty Dancing soundtrack. I, I agree. My mom listened to that thing on a loop my entire fucking childhood. Like I know every song on that goddamn album and I've never seen that movie. I have never seen Dirty Dancing, but I know all the goddamn songs. You've never seen Dirty Dancing? Yeah, no, I never did. My mom, it was one of those things like, oh, mom's got Dirty Dancing again. I'm going to go upstairs and play video games or go outside or something. Like I just, she would watch it. I would leave. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I've just gone on Aerosmith pump was number 39. That was 1989. Oh, nice. See, there you go. Metallica, number 40. But let me just name off a couple of these others just so I can get their name out in the open here. Uh, Let's see. Um, U2, George Michael, Madonna, Lionel Richie, Van Halen, Madonna, Footloose Soundtrack, uh, Ario Speedwagon, Beastie Boys, Journey, ZZ Top, The Police, New Kids on the Block, Billy Joel, Bon Jovi, Bobby Brown, Paula Abdul, Tracy Chapman, Genesis, Eagles, Aerosmith, Metallica, Hugh Lewis, The News, Billy Joel, In Excess, Paul Simon, Phil Collins, Phil Collins, Jan Jackson, White Snake, Mm-hmm. Alica again, Chicago, Cindy Lauper, Foreigner, Quiet Riot, uh, Peter Gabriel, Tears for Fears, Nita Baker, Janet Jackson, ZZ Top, Men at Work, Neil Diamond, Christopher Cross, Wham, Don Henley, Nilly Vanilli. <laughs> I had that album. That I listened to my, in my Walkman many, many times. And I've already discussed this. We're going to move on. Anyway, <laughs> so you know, I, I will tell you. I thought of my favorite album in the eighties was what was was Warren's Dirty Rotten's Filthy Stinking Rich or something yep. like that. Yep. I did love that album. I I, I listened to that one. Yep. A lot. Where the Down Boys Go. That, yes, that was like an underrated great song of theirs. Yep. Uh, Poison. Poison doesn't show up until number ninety two. That hurts me. In three oh God, I love Poison. Ah, so much. They're the best. Uh Great White. Also underrated hair band. Yep. Mr. Bone. Was it once been that was the once album I had. Twice shy. Yeah, one's been twice shy. My, my, my. Brian Adams doesn't show up till 86. Yeah, fuck Brian Adams. What? You hush yeah, your summer tone. Of, summer of 69. He was a 1980s guy. <laughs> well, his album Reckless came out in 1984, sold 4.9 million albums. So <laughs> how can 4.9 million people be wrong? He sold out, man. He did the song for that fucking Three Musketeers movie. What the hell was it? Well, that was a trio. That wasn't just him. That was him, Rod Stewart, and some other asshole. That's true. <laughs> but he did... Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Everything I do, I do it for you. 1991, I think. Yeah, that's right. He did do that. So that's, that was out of the 80s, man. We're not even talking about that. Come on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, I think for me, the biggest trend was music. The, or maybe not trend. Maybe trend's the wrong word. Maybe out of the big three, movies, TV, and uh, <laughs> music. Music just had a, was more important to me. I, I had a, a weird thought. Um, 
I think the maybe the music set me on the path to hell. Yeah, here we are. I grew up. If our listeners maybe have gleaned this by now, I grew up very religious. I'm not gonna say restrictively religious because my parents were cool with me watching movies and go to the theater and shit like that. But I was actually specifically. I had to have a discussion with my parents when I wanted to start listening to modern music. And I think I was like maybe 10 or 11. So like up until then, I listened to what my parents listened to, which was 60s pop from my mom and 70s rock with my dad. And, uh, you know, which I still love to this day. But my friend's sister was listening to the, and my friend, my the guy I idolized when I was a kid, that's what he listened to. You know, Beatles, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Like he loved that shit. And he was older than me too. But his sister listen to the pop music she listened to tiffany and madonna and debbie gibson and crap like that and i heard i could hear it coming from her room and i'd stop and listen and finally i was like so what what stage is that like, oh, so that's, that's when you were outside her room peeking through the crack in the door yeah then i would say something and like i was not a smart kid oh hey stephanie what what what's, what's that you're listening to what the fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting changed i know I know. Don't stop. Just tell me what you're listening to. <laughs> Just do it slower. This music's good. No, I wasn't that creepy, I swear. But uh, but yeah. She, yeah, ask so, Joyce. A shout out to anybody that lived in the 80s in the Detroit area. 99.5 The Fox. Best station around. We had uh, 104.7 The Fox. You had The Fox? Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, WTFX. I think that WF, uh, W... Uh, shit, was it The Fox? 104.7 The... The... Badger. No, I'm pretty sure it was The Fox. The Marmoset. We had, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure it was the Fox. Yeah, they did, uh, the DJ also did the dance, dance party. That was a big thing, um, was like they do on Saturday nights, they would do music videos, like a, like a block of music videos. Cause we didn't have MTV. Mm-hmm. So on Saturday nights, they do a block of music videos and they did, they, we had a place called the Bounty Tavern that they would set up because dance shows were big back then. Do you yeah. remember the dance shows? Well, you still had American Bandstand back then. American Bandstand, they had one on USA. I can't remember I the name. I remember Soul Train, honestly. Yeah. I, I yeah. do remember Soul Train. Uh, Soul Train, American Bandstand, but the they had one on USA. Kids Incorporated. No, I can't remember the name of it, but it was all it was was like two hosts. I think Kelly Ripa was a host for a little while. Really? Yeah. And basically, it was just they'd play music and people would dance. Well, they had a local one where I grew up at the Bounty Tavern, and they'd set up the cameras, and then the DJ from the Fox would go, and he'd, he'd like, DJ it, and they'd put cameras on people. So that was, like, a big deal if you could recognize somebody that was on camera <laughs> at the Bounty Tavern. Were you ever on camera? No, I never I never went. I, I was, uh, I was, I don't think I was old enough to drive when at its height. Um I'm going to find out the name of the one on USA, Kelly. See, now, when I was a kid, for me, USA began and ended with Cartoon Express. Yep. That's all I watched on USA. So it was it was called Dance Party USA. Oh, there you go. And it was the fucking shit. I'm all, that's all I'm going to say about that. I Yeah, I don't think I, I was aware of that at all. It was just chicks. Well, I mean, the cameras obviously would focus on the girls. But, you know, it was <laughs> chicks. You'd get to see, like, what the style was. You'd get to see how people danced. You know, like... Like we modeled our our middle school and high school dances off how these people danced on like Dance Party USA and shit like that. So you know that's just yeah that's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, Dance Party USA was awesome. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say uh, about that. Just it's like I feel like the '80s was such a singular point in history because of just that was that was the that was the era of Reaganomics. You know that was the era of every everybody was living high off the hog and yeah. you you nobody could tell you no. 
Nobody can put the brakes on you. Yeah, I'm going to wear colors that will blind a fucking bat. I'm going to... I'm going to wear shoulder pads. I'm going to wear shoulder... I had... Every jacket I had had shoulder pads in it. <laughs> yeah. Every jacket. I, I, I did not wear shoulder pads in my regular shirts. I don't know if that was a thing for guys or not. No, I don't think so. But uh, every I had... I would not tie my shoelaces. I had to wrap them around and do like the fancy fucking... Yep. Tuck them in, tie them in the back type of thing. I... In fact... I did that once and I never untied or tied them again. I just slipped my foot into it because you can't, you know, can't right. be bothered with that shit. We're busy in the 80s, you know? Yeah, you had places to go. Yeah, yeah. You High top sneakers. to watch. <laughs> and I'm not sitting there thinking I was fashion forward and cool, but, you know, there was some things you just had to do. I did find that I, I wanted to, like, the craziest trend from the 80s, a big list. But I want to know what you were into, just as a survey, just as a public service type of thing. Hit so, uh, fanny packs, yay or nay? Nay. Yeah, me neither. Even as a kid, I knew fanny. We called them, uh, and uh, listener discretion is advised. But we called them fag bags when I was a kid. <laughs> fag bags. Yeah. So you didn't necessarily have to be a homosexual to wear one, but I think if you wore one, you became one. Like it was a it was a magic type of thing. God, that was such a backward time when, like, to be called a homosexual, to be called a fag, was like the worst insult in the world. And oh, now, I know. 2017, and like nobody cares if anybody's gay. Well, if you if you call somebody a fag, you're the one that's got the problem, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. But back, oh so, man, back, so like things do get better, you know? So yeah, uh, was Jordash jeans. Uh, I was Levi's. Weirdly enough, I did not have Jordash jeans, but I did have a Jordash T-shirt. I watched uh, today. I was watching 80s commercials because that's what I do with my yep. free time. I just sit on YouTube and watch 80s commercials. I And to be perfectly honest, I wasn't just doing research for this episode. I That's what I legitimately do. Uh, and I watched a Jordash commercial where these people were dressed all in denim. Denim jackets, denim shirts, denim pants. <laughs> and it's them frolicking on the beach and they're like running through the water and shit. I'm like, God damn, how uncomfortable would that be? You don't take off your Jordashes just to get in the water. Water will not stop the Jordash. I know, but that wild denim- stallion has to run. Wet denim is like the most uncomfortable <laughs> thing you could ever wear. Uh, not if you're getting paid. <laughs> That's true. Uh, oh, this one, I completely, like, I had so forgotten about this, but this was such a huge thing when I was a kid. Triple Fat Goose. What? You never had Triple Fat Goose? No. It was these big, fucking, huge, puffy, like, bomber jackets. Oh, like a down down jacket with goose feathers? Yeah, it was like just like, like a goose, a downfield jacket. <laughs> No, but we triple didn't have any goose, if you're gonna get a big puffy one, you had to get triple fat goose because that was like the top of the line. That was what you know, it was like the non knockoff. Yeah. Uh version. to be honest, uh a little town in Maine usually missed trans. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't uh, something like I said, me and my friends weren't exactly fashion forward, but uh I knew about the triple fat goose. I I oh, that was those were the best jackets in the winter. Uh let's see here. Some of these are just dumb. Mini skirts, comb back hair. That's every era. Yeah. God love the parachute parachute pants. Oh yes, parachute pants. If I could have had a pair, if I could have had five pair to wear every day at school, I would have. Oh, uh, here it is. Perms. Yeah, so, I don't like people. You know, the girls had perms. Dudes didn't have perms. Oh, oh no, no. I'm. I, I don't think he listens to this. So I'm going to embarrass him. My dad has always had long hair. Yeah, like, seriously. Like he looks like a biker beard, long hair. He's got. He's had long hair longer than my mom's for the most part. Somebody in the middle of the '80s talked him into getting a perm. <laughs> he immediately regretted it, but had to wait till it was like, could, I don't know, comb out or whatever the fuck it was. What the hell is a perm anyway? 
it was it was super super small like his was like super small really tight curls yeah i know how what like how do you a achieve I, that there's yeah i don't to this day it's like a voodoo ritual for me like if there's some kind of magic thing you do to make it stay that i, I don't even know the permanent weave or perm huh. popular in the 80s the jerry curl was kind of the same thing uh ripped jeans everybody had ripped jeans yeah i had ripped jeans yeah acid washed pleated jeans uh ours weren't pleated but i'm sure you could get it well no i don't well, take it back I don't, I don't know that was that made popular by ac slater uh saved by the bell <laughs> but yes i had i had well, no, i definitely had acid washed jeans and i had pleated jeans but i'm not sure if i had a pair that was both acid washed and, and pleated. pleated huh so maybe I, w- I missed out on that but i don't see now this is what i was wondering when i was a kid you had to have the ripped jeans, the, the the holes in the knees. But among my circle, it was also cool to wear long johns underneath. I've I've seen that, but I that wasn't anything that I and I, I I never really saw that in any movies or anything. So I don't know if somebody I knew just kind of made it up, and we all just like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. I I, I well, it was Michigan. It was cold, <laughs> and that's what it was. I mean, when we went camping and shit like that, we're almost we're. I think I went so far as to have like rips on my elbows, so I could have the long johns poking out of that too. <laughs> I was, you know, oh, I was you know what? Hard. I uh, Breakfast Club. I'm pretty sure he has long johns under his ripped clothes. Maybe Bender. that was it. Yeah, I, I think Bender had it. long johns under his ripped clothes. I was Bender cool in the '80s. He's such a hipster. Jean jackets had to have a jean jacket. Um, the I think the leather suede jacket was. Yep, that was a big one. Well, I just had to have a leather jacket. Oh, you know what I had, and I lost it, and I never got another one was a members-only jacket. I was just going to ask, because I never had Not only did I never have one, I never knew anybody that had one. I, yeah. Seriously. But oh, that absolutely. Was, that's something you saw in all the TV. Any TV show about the 80s, any movie about the 80s, somebody has a members-only jacket. Yep. I, had I a, never had one. A light brown. It was like a tan members-only jacket. And it was it was pretty much the coolest thing in the world. Well, yeah. Lost it. I can't remember where I lost it. I left it somewhere. Probably got stolen. Somebody's like supremely jealous of you and they stole it off you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> add, it, add it to the million other members only jackets in the world. Oh, man. But yeah, just a lot of these fashion things I'm going through. Yeah. Just, yeah I, I wasn't fashion forward either, but I had I did have ripped you jeans. You did what you had to do not to be an outright outcast. Yeah. Ripped jeans and a t-shirt. That was, that was it. And swatch watch. I don't know the all the difference between Maine and Michigan, but it could be middle of the winter. It could be like 20 below and you're wearing a t-shirt with ripped jeans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was the, the, I, the long john thing is a necessity. I think you're right on that one. I, I can't tell you how many times I like walk to school with, you know, in the middle of the winter with just t-shirt and jeans. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know how my mother let me out of the house, but see, well, we've already, I think we already delved into my particular brand of psychosis because I never took my jacket off. That's right. You were a never, not a never, never nude, but not a never unjacketed. <laughs> yes. Just in case never, you stepped through a portal to another dimension mm, and needed it. Never topless. You never know. Portals, you know, <laughs> aliens, they were there. Um, well, that brings a very interesting thing to light because <clears throat> where did all this pop culture dominate? Where, where did it originate? The dominance of pop culture. Where did it originate? You mean like where pop, I mean, pop like, culture is popular culture okay. so it's always been popular culture but well this is what i'm saying is you were in michigan i was in maine and we have very similar tastes likes dislikes we had the same fashion we knew the name same shows like i watched dance party usa to learn how to dance you know probably you had a similar situation where did well, this no, all i wasn't i wasn't allowed to dance yeah but I'm you watched kidding. movies you <laughs> like where did it all originate uh well yeah, because I mean, even movies aren't inventing it, right? 
Like they're taking, they're like, what are kids doing these days? And they're doing the showing that on film. So what is any of it? Like the fashion, I, the style. It, it was a rhetorical question. No, no, I'm gonna figure it out. L.A. Uh, Southern California. Uh, All sense. this shit comes out of well, the Valley Girl stuff. Like most of it, the rest of it, the John Hughes stuff comes from like Chicago in the mm. Midwest. But the majority of it, I think, comes from South uh, South California, the L.A. area, and you know. South Beach and all that. So if you want to shit. talk about 80s like artistic endeavors and stuff like that, you're probably talking New York. But if you want to talk pop culture, yeah, you're talking Chicago and L.A. Yeah, that's that's my theory anyway. But it's funny. You're, you're on fame. You lived in New York, but you styled yourself after L.A. Remember fame? That's right. Uh, but I mean, it was, it's warm in Southern California. So like a lot of these fashion trends that were adopted, you know, <laughs> like in Maine in the wintertime. They had to be adapted. Somehow. Yeah. So that's where you probably came up with the Long Johns. Triple Fat Goose. <laughs> Never heard of it. Man, that was, you did not have a winter jacket if it was a Triple Fat Goose. I, the only style thing that I was ever like, I remember going somewhere and these girls were talking to me about, you know, I don't even remember. I just distinctly remember them saying, like, you don't know what a champion sweatshirt is. Like, you don't know <laughs> champion. I'm like, no, you, I've never heard of it. And I was like, away now. the biggest piece of shit because I didn't know what <laughs> champion sweatshirts were. And I, like, Charlie Brown my way home. <laughs> I had to, like, ask and find out what champion sweatshirts were. And then by the time, on. yeah, by the time I got a champion sweatshirt, you know, the trend was it was over. And I was like this loser with a brand new champion sweatshirt that was like, last, that was also last year. <laughs> See, I never knew it was going to be cool from one minute to the next. So I just stuck with Bugle Boy jeans. Yep. Bugle and then Boy jeans. random t-shirts, just random t-shirts. I, it didn't even matter. Yeah. Like, uh, I had a Jordan shirt, like I said, at one point. So a Jordash t-shirt? T-shirt. Yep. Like I said, I never had the jeans, but I did have a t-shirt. I just, oh man. I can um, picture my in school right here, right now, what I wore. Yep. And it is nuts. <laughs> you know what I? I had a lot of sweatshirts. I still do. Like that's that's my thing. Like now I've got hoodie sweatshirts, but back then I wore a lot of sweatshirts. Like Cosby um, shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I Just put on non, a sweatshirt. sweatshirt. Grab my quaaludes, and I <laughs> had a good old time. Uh, I had. Oh my god! I had a California grape <laughs> sweatshirt that had the. The raisin, California raisins is what it was, not grapes. Mm-hmm. California raisins sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. I had a USA for Africa sweatshirt. I wore USA that. USA for Africa. You All remember right. USA for Africa? No. We are the world. That's what that was. I mean, I remember we the song. Yeah, that that was USA for Africa, and that was. <clears throat> Like all the hype were these kids in Ethiopia that were dying. They were starving to death. Mm-hmm. And like all these pop stars got together and sang a song to raise money to send food over to them. Which. Little economics lesson for you that actually make things worse. Just saying. <laughs> Seriously, it does. All this Given... UN international aid to starving Africans is making the problem worse. Yeah. Because they can't get their economy off the ground because they have to compete with free things. And you can't compete with free things and start your own business, your own farm, shit like that. Not to, yeah, the economy corner. No. <laughs> <laughs> economy corner. It's not quite perf corner, but, you know, it's, it's just assimilating. Yeah. Well, what other. So, do you, yeah. do you remember any of those things from the 80s, like uh, Hands Across America? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember being vaguely aware. Of, like, I never guessed I paid enough. I remember, I remember the song, We Are the World. Yeah. Remember what it happened. Was... I remember seeing all the stars. I remember Hands Across America being a thing. I remember the big events. I remember the, the space shuttle blowing up the Challenger. Yep. I remember 
the wall falling mostly because they talked about it in the sitcoms I was watching. Yeah. Seriously. Um, let's see. What are some other significant events from the 80s? You already mentioned the Challenger blowing up. That was a big deal because that was the first time a teacher, not an astronaut, was going up in the space shuttle. Right. School was, kids were all going to watch. We're all watching yeah, it. It was like yeah. every school building in America was watching the TV. Punky Brewster had a very special episode about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. A lot of jokes came from it. Oh, my God. What does NASA stand for? Oh, shit. Need, need yeah. another seven astronauts. <laughs> God damn. I probably have uh, it like the day of, too. It's like, I got oh, my it. God. It was. I remember the, you know, out on the playground through school, like all these jokes, terrible, horrible jokes. Yeah. What color were Krista McAuliffe's eyes? <laughs> blue. <laughs> one blue that way and one blue the other way. Oh, my God. <laughs> I th- me and my circle did not have the NASA space shuttle blowing up jokes. I'm well, it was it was rough. It, it was rough being a kid on the playground and you didn't know all of the topical jokes. <laughs> you had to know. Oh yes, when you're a kid, you have to know the jokes, the 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 trendy funny jokes at the time. Although it's like there's nothing worse than being a, around somebody and they're they reference the joke but you haven't heard it. Yeah. So you're like, oh That's yeah. Ha, 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 ha. Yep. So what uh. You were young enough in the eighties. What what cartoons did you watch? What what was your favorite cartoon? Oh, God! Why don't I have a list in front of me of eighties cartoons? Um, well, I'll tell see. you. I'll tell you some of the big ones, and you tell me which ones were your favorites. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That I liked it, but that came late for me. Like I, I was into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, but, that was eighty seven. So I would have been nine. Yeah, been that was my alley. But yeah, I was uh, fourteen at the time. So still in my, you know, like teenage yeah. mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, Masters of the Universe. Oh, my God. That Masters of the Universe. I remember getting my first Masters of the Universe toy. <laughs> yep. I got I got He-Man and I, I remember throwing a tantrum in the store <laughs> because I wanted, you know, one of those little teeny. They looked like an arcade game. Uh, like a stand-up model arcade game, but they were small, oh, yeah, almost yeah. handheld. Yeah. They had Pac-Man, they had like Galaga and shit like that. I wanted one of those so bad, like the my world was going to end if I didn't have one. And I remember throwing a tantrum, and some for some reason my mother relented, and she got me a toy instead of yanking mm-hmm. me by the hair out of the store and telling me to shut the fuck up. But <clears throat> I, she bought me a, a He-Man. And I remember like getting it out of the package, and then all of a sudden... This was the coolest thing in the fucking world. So I was a master of the universe, dude. I, I actually, I know we're talking about cartoons now, but I have a revelation. I have something I want to tell you that it is a little bit of a confession. Lay it on me. I never once owned any of the Transformers. <gasps> that is a confession. How did you get by? How did you not go into weird seizures <laughs> and fits for not? Oh my God. I, I had pretty much every other toy, every yeah. single fucking toy, like whether it was G.I. Joe or He-Man or mm-hmm. it, like I had every toy or at least one of every toy. And for whatever reason, I got a GoBot. You remember <laughs> yep. the GoBot? Oh, I and remember it, the GoBots. Like it seriously lasted like two seconds. It busted immediately. I'm like, this is that was that was stupid. that's a that's a allegory for GoBots in general. Just cheap <laughs> transform. Yeah. And so my understanding at the time was these are not going to they're worthless i love the cartoon and mm-hmm. i just for whatever reason never got on to transformers the toys all my friends had them so that when i went over to their house i could play with them 
Yep. But when I was at my house, I didn't need them because I had everything out. So anyway, yeah, was, that's my confession. I had a, I had some Transformers, but I had a lot more G.I. Joes and He-Man than I did at Transformers. And it was funny because with G.I. Joes, that was almost a status symbol. Like me and my friends would get together and play G.I. Joes, and we would compare what new badass thing we got that somebody else doesn't have. I had the hovercraft. Ah, uh, what did I have? I had something that I don't even remember. But it was something Cobra had. One of their vehicles. The Hiss. What was the Hiss? Was the tank? The Hiss was the tank. That might have been it. I really, it's it's vague now. But I remember I had something that one of the Cobra things that my friends didn't have, and they were jealous of it. But my friends, a couple of them had something I I didn't have. One of the GI Joe things, like one of their planes or something. The eight, the was, Rattler. Man, you know, you remember way more about this. You're than goddamn I right. I had <laughs> I had so many fucking GI Joes. Uh, and a friend of mine. This was later on after I had gotten out of. Well, I I don't think I'd gotten out of them, but um. A friend of mine, his brother won a contest, like radio station or like mm-hmm. toys, toys R Us or KB Toys. He won a contest and he got like everything. He got the aircraft carrier. He got everything. Holy shit. Yes, that that's like was, the kid lottery. Yeah, I know that is like compass pointing north. That is like boom. <laughs> but um, do you remember your first GI Joe? Um, because I remember my first. No, I couldn't tell you. I remember my, my first man. But I can't remember my first G.I. Joe. My first G.I. Joe was Snow Job. <laughs> that sounds so dirty. <laughs> Looking back Snow at Job. it. He, uh, he came with the snowmobile. And I just remember <laughs> seeing. I can just picture you telling your dad, I want Snow Job. You want one now? <laughs> yeah. Come again. Say, I'm going to buy say that one again. for my son. It's called Snow Job. <laughs> uh, I used to know a girl that would do that. I'm not buying that for you. Anyway, yes, the, the Rattler was basically an A-10 Warthog. And it was blue. I had one. I had the F-14 Tomcat. Um, hmm. But anyway, we can talk about toys later. Let's talk toys later. Uh, I have another startling confession. Holy shit. This is going to blow your mind. This is like therapy now or something. This is therapy hour. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch Thundercats. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. That's even worse. Yeah. Oh, my I God. I did not watch it. I cannot tell you why. All I remember is watching it later like as an adult. I watched, it was in syndication, and it was on, I don't know, it was like when I got home from work, and it was on, like, WGN or some shit, I don't know. (laughs) And it was just like, oh, this is a cool show. I would have been into this when I was a kid, and I'd sit and watch, like, half an episode or something like that. I never, never watched Thundercats. That that series started off, and they were all naked. They were space hippie cats. Yeah, the first episode, they're not wearing any clothes, right? Yep, yep. Um, But, uh, yeah, that... There was my favorite cartoon in the eighties was Transformers, but th- as an adult, I recognized that there was a there was a, a tier of cartoons. And one tier was we just want to sell you the toys, yes, and that's it. And that was Transformers, that was He Man, that was um, GI Joe. Yep. There was a higher tier, and I want to put Thundercats on that because there's a, another one called Silverhawks. That yep. Thundercats and Silverhawks were like kind of tied together somehow. They're kind of like, one was almost like, like Silverhawks was almost a copy of Thundercats. Really, it really was. But that was, I mean, yeah, they wanted you to buy the toys, but that was not purely, like, there was a little more sophistication to it. But do you know the 80s cartoon that, looking back on it years later, was actually almost ahead of its time, was actually a really good narrative and almost more too good for kids, like, more than kids deserved? The Snorks? DuckTales. Oh, God, yes. DuckTales uh, and, and all of the variations, like Tailspin. Um, D- Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Yeah, they were all ahead of their time. Absolutely. And you Duck know, DuckTales is back, had right? Really, they had literary references to it. They had very, they had very well set up 
premises and adventures. It wasn't just this week we're going to punch the Decepticons in the face and then, yay, we won. They actually put some thought into their plots. Like, this was actually a very sophisticated cartoon when you look at Except it. Except when Scrooge McDuck dives headfirst into his vault of gold coins. Oh, you could do that. No, that would you, that would break your you, neck. You got to choose the right angle. You got to put your <laughs> hands out first and splay your fingers in just the right. <laughs> if you're going to swim through your gold coins, you're going to do it with a neck brace. Because like if how you he dive off a diving board, the money bin. He didn't even. He's this rich guy that said, "Fuck a bank. I don't need interest. I'm just going to put. I got. I got to liquidate all my assets. Like everything I. I whatever the fuck he did. Who I don't even know how he got money. But whatever he sold or whatever. It's like nope. I want. In cash, convert that cash to gold, and I can put that gold in a fucking giant tower. Do you know there is a uh, a conspiracy <laughs> about the lineage of the Ducks? Donald, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah. Uh, Donald has a sister. Um, well, there was Daisy, but I thought that was Donald's girlfriend. Yeah, but Huey, Dewey, and Louie were not his offspring. Or were they? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. Maybe him and Uncle Daisy were shamed. Yeah. There's, there's a. If you ever are bored and want to fill some time, just type in Ducktales lineage conspiracy. <laughs> That'll well, like take you all, down a rabbit hole. They all came from Howard the Duck or something. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I like it. Uh, let's see. I had levels of cartoons because they had early morning cartoons on Saturday morning, and then they have mid morning cartoons, and then they have late cartoons, and then they had the goddamn ABC Wild Wild World of Sports. Some shit. Where yeah, they had yeah. like downhill skiing for fucking five hours. <clears throat> Stupid. Should have been cartoons all goddamn day. Fucking Saturday. But anyway, uh, we had like the early morning cartoons for me were the older cartoons like Bullwinkle, uh, Johnny Quest, uh, the Flintstones, and Scooby Doo. Those were very early morning cartoons. Hmm. And then depending on what channel you watched, there was another level of cartoon, which was like uh, Richie Rich. Uh, Muppet Babies. Um, what's another one? Did you ever watch the Inhumanoids? Yeah, I know. I I, I want to say that I could sing you the theme song if I started. Oh, I could totally it. sing the theme song. Inhumanoids, Inhumanoids, the evil that lies within. Ah, oh, no, but keep going. That was oh god. No, just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, that was a Sunday morning cartoon, and that was like the king of my Sunday morning. Watch it in human ways reruns because there wasn't that many seasons to tell you the truth and they just reran it over and over and over again because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't watch Saturday morning so Sunday morning I would wake up but if you woke up too early and I took on turned on like Nickelodeon there would be some like live action bullshit like it was children's programming but it wasn't cartoons and I felt like I had to just wait it out till the cartoons started or you'd flip flip to USA to watch some Cartoon Express love the Cartoon Express Jabberjaw Jabberjaw uh, Laugh Olympics Billy. What was it. There was one, maybe it was like under the radar, but it's called Sport Billy. Sport. I remember watching that when I was a really young kid. Never saw Sport Billy. Yeah, I gotta look that up. I almost feel like I maybe made. And it that up. was and that was on USA. That was on USA. That was oh, the first yes, one I remember. The, I remember he had a handbag. Yes, the, the bag, yeah. like a like a magic bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember it. The kid went everywhere. Yeah, fucking yeah. Outer space. yeah it was crazy. I like that shit. I like fucking weird uh, Galaxy High School. You remember that one? No, I never watched that. One. I know of it, but I never watched it. Yeah. Uh, Jace and the Wheeled Warriors. That was like, a Sunday morning one. Like J A C E. Yeah. No. Yeah. Either that or J A Y C E. It was guys that turned into like vehicles, that, but they had buzz saws on the top. It was so weird. Like the craziest cartoons were in the eighties. Oh my god. But you want? And I hate to say this, but what is like the staple 
quintessential 80s cartoon, the one that most people think of the thing of 80s cartoons. The Smurfs. The Smurfs. And that was such a fluffy, vacuous. La, 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 la. Oh, God. All these dudes and one chick. And the chick didn't even, wasn't even like born there. Like she was created. He, he explains it in Darnie Darko. But <laughs> like it was, she was a spy that got saved by the goodness of the Smurfs. Gargamel spy. Gargamel was a prick. He probably molested his cat. Wow. What was his cat's name? I can't remember. Azriel. Azriel, which is the name of a demon, if I remember right. Like in real mythology the gummy bears voltron yep i like me some voltron oh i love some voltron but for whatever reason the toys from voltron were cheap as shit well they I had to the... make all the little parts to it and yeah that was no good yeah oh, there was a second good. voltron that was made up of like vehicles yeah like, the... i actually that's i got into voltron with the vehicles i didn't know about the, the oh that lines. was such the that was such the lower level yeah that's i don't know if it just subpar voltron man wrong channel but I got into the one with the vehicles and then learned about the other one after. Well, I think the vehicle one was like a continuation. Like after the first one stopped making right. episodes, they did the vehicle ones. Yeah. So we have, we've tap danced around it, but unless you got more cartoon stuff to talk about. No, I basically, the cartoons for me were Saturday mornings after school. I'd get a couple after school every once in a while. Mask played I remember after school. that one, yeah. Yeah, Mask, yeah. Uh, Heathcliff. Cops. Yeah, I never saw that one. COPS. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, but one of the one of the things about the '80s cartoons were if it if it was going to be a movie, it was also going to be a cartoon. If it was going to be a cartoon, yeah. it was going to be a breakfast cereal. And if it was going to be a breakfast cereal, it was going to be a toy. Like they were going to hit. Oh, they, yeah, it's like a it's a mass marketing shotgun. They were just going to yeah, throw it out. Whatever stuck stuck. And for what it's worth, I didn't give a fuck. They, like no. that to me was like, go ahead and give me. Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant in every form possible. There's nothing wrong. You know, you enjoy it. It's not like you watch this cartoon and you liked it and then you bought the toy and like, man, I'm such a shill for Hasbro. Oh, God, right. I feel so ashamed of myself. Yeah. No, yeah, like a... you fucking had fun with the toys. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. As an eight-year-old, you're like, oh, my God, what am I doing with my life? I'm spending yeah. money on stupid toys. Nope. I'm such a corporate whore. Yeah. I had my social awakening and when I was eight years old. When Optimus Prime's head fell off, I was like, no, no. <laughs> I loved sugary fucking cereals. That was my, that, like, to this day, like, I'm I'm still that kid. When I go to the grocery store and I look at the cereal, I want me some fucking Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I want yep. some Captain Crunch. I want... Cinnamon Toast Crunch was also good. Yeah, I want my Golden Grams. I want all that shit. I, like... And they made specialty cereals. So, like, they had Star Wars cereal. They had uh, even candy got its own cereal. Remember Nerds cereal? Yep. They're, yeah, I Nerds had its own cereal. Like, yeah. I remember a Nintendo cereal. The box was split in half. Yep. One side was Legend of Zelda. Nerd. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And the Nerds was the same thing. But one side was Legend of Zelda, one side was Mario. Yep, absolutely. I had some. Uh, cookie Crisp. Uh Count Chocula, Boo Berry, Frankenberry. We weren't allowed to eat Count Chocula because my mom thought that was going a little over. You know, gold, a Honeygram. Oh, what was it? Golden Grams. Golden Grams. That, no, honey, Honeycombs. Honeycombs. Yo, honeycombs were good. Uh, God damn, I want a box of Honeycombs right now. I know. Oh, I, I would kill for a box right now. Yep. But uh, Golden Grams was the best camping. For whatever reason, if I was camping, those little you know one-off boxes of Golden Grams were the fucking greatest. Yep. I don't know what it was, but every other time I loved Cinnamon Toast Crunch. But all that stuff, my mom was cool with, but not Count Chocula. That was going overboard. Because it was a vampire? 
No, because it's too too much just candy. <laughs> like golden well, crab is fine. Yeah. You know, frosted flakes is fine. Honeycomb okay. is fine. I'm gonna but give you my cow chocula or chips. What was it? What was the that chips ahoy? Um, cookie crisp. Maybe it was cookie crisp. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like chocolate chip cookies and milk. Let me tell you right now, there's nothing better in this world than a bowl of fucking Lucky Charms mm. with some milk. That that's it, man. If I'm on death row and they come to me and they say, "What do you want for your last meal?" I bring me a box of Lucky Charm <laughs> and a half gallon of milk. Just you pluck out the four leaf clover, like I'm keeping this just in case. <laughs> They're always after me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> Roll on one. <laughs> You'll never get it. <laughs> See you in hell, pigs. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So breakfast. Uh, so tell me, tricks. what are we? Tricks. Tricks are for kids. They've changed tricks. Tricks suck now. They're not sugar. Do, do they even sell these over-the-top sugary cereals anymore? It's been a long time since I bought breakfast cereal. I'm not gonna lie. Yes, there is. They still do like movie cereal, but it's all the same stuff. It's like this malted sweet. Like if you if like uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens is in theaters, so they'll put out like a Star Wars: The Force Awakens cereal. Oh yeah, and, and then Frozen the movie will come out, and they'll have a Frozen cereal. The Frozen cereal and the Star Wars cereal, same exact cereal, and it's that malted. Like you better eat it in five seconds, or else it's going to be mush. <laughs> yep. you know what I mean. That so, was the no. Nintendo cereal. I remember that. That shit was yep. cheap. Yeah. So. Yeah. What What subject are we tap dancing around? Well, we've talked about '80s movies, but we have not dipped into the controversy that is '80s comedy movie. As far as like ranking them or saying which was the best. Oh, you want to uh, you want to rank some movies? Not, now? not so much rank, but what worked? Like like we talked about genre stuff. We've talked about comedy in the past, but purely '80s. What did it for you? What was what was the type of thing, or maybe the, the one that was over the top for you? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Really? I loved Beetlejuice. I liked the movie, but man, I would not put it up there as one of the top ones. Top, yeah. Beetlejuice was right up there. Um, it it's difficult for me to pin down a single '80s movie that like those John Hughes movies. Basically, I was a sponge mm-hmm. for movies. Anything that ran on HBO. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Anything. It didn't matter. Anything that was on HBO, I would watch it. And it could be the stupidest fucking movie. It could be a great movie. I don't, you know, it didn't matter to me. I was a sponge for 80s cinema. BMX Bandits, Rad. Uh, gleaming the Cube. Gleaming the, uh, the Great Outdoors, Secret of My Success, Once Bitten. I, I'm looking at my DVDs right now that I'm ripping. Let me tell you what I've ripped so far. Caddyshack, Plain Strange and Automobiles, Fletch, uh, Strange Brew, One Crazy Summer, Top Gun, Spaceballs, Uncle Buck, Poltergeist, Short Circuit, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, well, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that's a 70s movie, but Flashdance, mm-hmm. uh, The Wraith, Airplane, Johnny Dangerously, Once Bitten, Weird Science, Secret of My Success, Brewster's Millions, Vacation, uh, Predator, uh, what else do I have there that's 80s that I've already ripped? Um, yeah, that's, I think that's it for eighties that I've ripped already. Now let me go over to the ones that are in the queue to be ripped. I've got, uh, great outdoors. I've got all four seasons of, uh, scarecrow, Mrs. King. I got mannequin. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. I don't know why I love mannequin. 16 candles back to the future. Uh, flip these around die hard money pit groundhog day uh christmas vacation and i'm just gonna go around the corner here and say that i have <laughs> killer clowns from outer space cuffs oh, i think these movies shit. hysterical 
Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, yeah. they uh, MGM did a run of DVDs called uh, Midnight. I don't want to knock over all these DVDs because I stacked them so well. But MGM did like a Midnight Madness, Midnight uh, movie series that was like um, all of these B movie or uh, B movies that they'd put like four on a disc or whatever, but they're all real campy, really strange, weird movies. Yeah, it was called uh, Midnight Midnight Movies by MGM. And there are a lot of these double feature, like creature feature B movies. The Fall of the House of Usher, The Pit and the Pendulum, Beach Blanket Bingo, Invaders from Mars. So anyway, MGM Midnight Movies, double feature, yada, yada, yada. A lot of B movies, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Maybe the greatest of B movies ever. Fuck, I love that movie. <laughs> so good. But uh, anyway, for me to pick one '80s movie that I don't know is my favorite or defines well, me, a, or for the comedy, it's the style of it. If you can't guess, I have one in mind for myself. But I want to know if you uh, like. I, I, it's, it's the hardest thing to put somebody on the spot. They pick the one example of the song, the movie, the TV, but like a style that seemed to appeal to you more than anything else. I'd say any of the John Hughes style, like the breakfast club. Um, definitely. I love that style of, movie. yeah. It, but to be honest, like all those movies were that style. Like, uh, I could, I could take that comedy universe and apply it to some of the other stuff. Let tell me yours. Well, uh, see, I never, there's probably a name for this that I don't know, but I always called it the, and I think I've talked about this before, the, the farce or maybe like the spoof. So the movie that's those movies that are over the top ridiculous, like airplane and like naked airplane gun. and naked gun. So most of those, and I know airplane was in the seventies, although I think maybe airplane two was in the eighties. Yeah. But, uh, I loved, Oh God, I love those movies so much. Like, so airplane, airplane two. Naked gun, all three naked guns, uh, space balls, top secret, which was oh, kind of Val under Kilmer. the radar. Val Kilmer. I loved that movie so much. Yeah, just just the other, I, I was always say a couple of months ago, my brother texted me. He was at one of our family gatherings that I don't go to anymore because I live a thousand miles away. Yep. And what was it? Somebody said something about chocolate mousse, and he's like, "Oh my god, I wish you were here because we always did the same thing." So it says chocolate mousse. And somebody walks up and goes, my man, and gives a high five. It's a whole thing. Anyways, yeah. and he's just well, like, oh, my because that was just like, that was our thing when we were kids because we loved that movie so much. And Top Secret, this is a funny little tidbit. Top Secret was a white whale for me because it came into the video store and it got rented out. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And um, somebody wrecked it. So there were wow. like, there was a group of people that had seen it and went like built it up and then there was this whole other group of people that didn't <laughs> see it so nobody saw it like well i mean like this it was like a legend it was a legend it was a white whale and then i i can't remember where i saw it i i want to say it was years later years and years later i saw it in a video store to rent and i bam snagged it and watched it and it was it was very funny it was good it was really good and there was others from that era but and i feel like a just a crazy dirty hipster do you know what Naked Gun was based on? Uh, the Police Squad. Police, like a very short-lived TV series called Police Squad. Yeah, I actually did see episodes of Police Squad before I ever saw Naked Gun. Really? My one of my friends, the same one that um, I, I've mentioned a couple times, he was the one that was into Zeppelin and Floyd. Anyways, the one that was a few years older than me had, had he's the one that that copied the Weird Al stuff for me. Yep. Also had like a VHS of I don't even know if to this day where the hell he got them. 
episodes of Police Squad. And he would come over and we'd watch it. And I thought that was the funniest fucking shit in the world. <laughs> and then Naked Gun came out. And I remember watching it going, wait, this is this is the same guy. This is it. This is the same thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I was. I knew it before it became popular. I knew it before everybody else did. Oh, you hipster. But that's totally your hipster. style. That was that was. I what... love that stuff. But you know and what? I feel like that's never been done nearly as well since like the mid-90s I... did it decently. And that was about it. I'll say I'm going to retract my previous answer. And I'm going to say that the style, like something that I really enjoyed was the family unit, like the, the family humor. I loved uh, Mr. Mom and, you know, relationship stuff like that, like the money pit. And I actually, like I said, I was watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind of Day. That's not a comedy, but no. there were, there's a very, very funny scene in it. For one, I have to I have to tell you that my imaginary wife uh is terry gar <laughs> yeah. terry, terry gar is my fantasy wife now you're gonna want to slap me again but i've actually never seen close encounters of the third kind or mr mom i'm sorry uh, i'm not gonna slap you Johnny i know mr mom was uh was um michael, michael keaton, keaton yeah. terry gar uh, but i love or, her or the money pit you you've know, never tom seen hanks. the money pit no tom hanks and diane long right diane long shelly long i keep <laughs> She's Diane. She's Shelly Long. I got you. No, never mind. No, I'm sorry. I just bit my tongue, so I hurt myself. I'm I'm gonna get. I'm gonna move past it because we have to. We have to. We cannot sit here and dwell on the fact that there's like a a bevy of. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Movies. I see what you're doing. You don't have to give me the finger quite that hard. I mean, holy <laughs> shit, dude! Listen, I didn't drop the mic <laughs> and walk away. The next thing you're gonna tell me is you've never seen <laughs> Die Hard. I think I saw half of it. <laughs> That was uh, the one. That's one where he's like Rob's Banks to Frank Sinatra songs or something yes, like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's... Uh, no. Okay. So let let me just breathe. <laughs> Terry, yeah, I did. I did see trains, planes, and automobiles, and like the great outdoors and Uncle Buck and all that shit. So you know, I'm okay. still. Well, what we're gonna do? This is what we're gonna do. Chuddy will back me up. We're gonna we're gonna make a list of must see movies. Okay, I'll get some homework. That'll be your homework. And you will be forced to watch them through nostalgia goggles. I'm going to figure out something that you haven't seen and make you watch that. Okay. Uh, cocktail. It's, it's, yeah, I never saw that one either. <laughs> I never saw Cocktail. I never saw... No, I refuse to watch Cocktail to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're part that. I want to watch the microwave. I don't want to watch no goddamn Cocktail. <laughs> I want to microwave a can of tuna and see what that does. <laughs> oh, God, it was glorious. Anyway, so um, Terry Gar, my fantasy wife, Here's the gist of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Aliens decide to show themselves, and humans are struggling with it. At the very beginning, only a handful of people have seen the the UFOs. So Richard Dreyfus, who's Wait, married to Terry Gar, he wakes his he sees them, and he wakes his family up at like four o'clock in the morning. They drive out to this cliff where he saw the UFOs. His wife is in her nightgown. The kids are cranky in their pajamas. They hate life. It's just, it's a fucking mess, right? And he drags her out there and says, I don't understand. They were right here. And she's like, she like turns and looks at him and says, I want you to realize how well I'm taking this <laughs> in a calm voice. And like, as a child, I did not understand that. Like, that didn't make any sense to me. As an adult man that's married, I can tell you that that is, that is comedy at its finest. <laughs> Terry Gar turning to her husband at four o'clock in the morning, standing in her nightgown over a cliff that she's supposed to be watching UFOs. And she says, I want you to know how well I'm, I want you to realize how well I'm taking. This. <laughs> That's funny. That's fucking comedy. Even Ooh. though Close Encounters is not a comedy. Invaders from Mars. Did you see that one? Uh, let me look at the cover. What's it about? 
Is it about invaders from Mars? Yeah, it's, it pretty much gives it away. Some kid. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, God. I used the, the funny thing is I watched this one over and over again. Now I'm struggling to remember the plot. Invaders from Mars, it's kind of like a body snatcher thing. Like everybody gets taken over by the oh, yeah. aliens. Yep. 1986. I'm looking. They, this kid has to convince. This kid convinces the army that it's legit. Yeah, like his parents are all weird and all kinds of shit. And I distinctly remember the kid, the aliens came for the copper and it all turns out to be a story or a, 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 a hallucination or a dream or some bullshit like that. And the dad's talking to the son, like he goes into the, to the alien special spacecraft to stop him and free everybody and all that shit. And man, I really I feel like I want to watch this again, but then it all turns out to be, you know, a dream and the dad's talking to the son. Like oh well no yeah you you got quite an imagination it's they're Did all seven down. travel onto it that's right they're all oh, settling sweet. down and they're all like okay well it's just a dream and then some shit happens outside the window and he looks out and he goes no and it's the end like it actually is real and it wasn't just a dream <gasps> dun, dun, dun. it just make a goddamn sense but it was oh I watched the crap out of that movie when I was a kid yeah they had to put a penny like the aliens were big blobby things and they had these like yep pods on top of them that shot lasers and the kid got a hold of one and since he figured out that they're here for copper he had this pure copper penny like a collector's thing he stuck in there so he could shoot it and blast his way out yeah it was cool it was cool <laughs> yeah sounds cool so now I, you gotta watch that one i've Maybe seen i've seen it. it i'm looking at the vhs cover right now and I, it is very recognizable don't don't lie to me you haven't seen you never saw oh yeah i saw it me and my brother the only people that ever saw this goddamn movie <laughs> fucking hipsters um so let's take that same theory and apply it to horror. Oh, yeah. that's Now, that's like the 80s was a decade of icons, I feel like. It, it, seriously, in a way that no decades since, the, the two decades, three decades since, have duplicated to the, anywhere near the extent. Like Im- immediately recognizable people and characters emerge from the 80s. Like besides the fact that, not to dance around horror, but like your Sylvester Stallones, your Arnold Schwarzeneggers, your Van Dams, your Seagals. Even Bruce Willis to extend. These are these are more than just actors. They're they're phenomena that arose in the eighties. But especially horror. The most recognizable horror from now till the end of time will be Freddy and Jason, yep. and Michael Myers, even Chucky. Like they were gonna they're gonna make and remake these movies forever. Yep. And rightly so. I mean they they're great movies. They're good they movies that deserve an update. But where do you draw the line on horror? Like let me just give you a couple. I just put in 80s horror on Google right now. Mm-hmm. And this is what it's giving me right now. Hellraiser. I consider that to be a horror. The Animator. Evil Dead. Fright Night. Consider these to be horror. Where do you draw the line between what's horror and what's not? Is Tremors horror? See, no, I would... Like, I've heard that described as horror comedy, but I would just put that as... Action adventure? Yeah, I could see I could see that being horror comedy. Now that it's definitely comedy. Tremors has some actual legit funny moments in it like i like that movie a lot and it had some horror stuff like people getting sucked in like that that doctor and his wife they get sucked under yep near the beginning and you know it's I mean, people are dying left and right so that's there's definitely horror elements to it so it, yeah horror comedy i would put it but i mean inadvertently half these horror franchises became comedy like freddy um was a joke well it, because it of the one-liner line. he was a pun machine he was a one-liner Nope. That's what he was by the end. But even Jason, who didn't have any lines, like there was some later Friday the 13th movies that were goofy as shit. Yeah. It actually looked like they were filmed with a handheld VHS camera. Right. 
But that that was goofy because of the premise. Yeah. Well, that's because it built out its own reputation by that point. Like everybody yeah. knew what it was. And it was all it was gags. Like, Everything it was, was a yes, gag. It was just a. It was just like a throwback. It was just a gag. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know what is a really good? I'm gonna call it a horror. Um. Is the Hitcher? Do you remember I that? Be, I did see it. I be, I saw that one on late night TV. Yeah. Because that was I such... thought there was. I was pretty sure there's gonna be some boobies in it. That was one of those. Yeah. I invited my friends over, type of thing. And like, when I remember, I told you I bragged about you're always gonna see boobies. Yep. I remember watching that one. I was like, okay, look at the TV guy description. There's totally gonna be tits in. There. Yeah. Right here, right now, I don't remember if there was tits in that or not. I don't remember either, but it was a horror movie in the '80s, so it oh, has to. Yeah. yeah. I'd say by the rules of the '80s horror, yeah, it would it have to, to have. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody would see it. Why would you see it if it didn't have boobs? I mean. Like I was talking about the second Friday the Thirteenth, for whatever reason, I actually stumbled across a clip of that where some girl got shot in the ass with a slingshot, and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's like one of the nicest asses I've seen in a movie ever." So I looked up the movie and started watching. It. Sure enough, same girl just goes skinny dipping in the middle of the night by herself, like people do. Yeah, and I'm like, "Gotta love the '80s. Gotta love the '80s horror. We need a chick to get naked. We're gonna have a chick get naked, even if it's completely non sequitur and ridiculous. We gotta have her get naked." You want to know the best ass of the 80s? What's the best ass of the 80s? In the beginning of Roadhouse, the chick in the yellow-black miniskirt that gets out of the Ferrari, and the camera follows her ass all the way oh, into the Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's... I just watched that clip recently for some reason. I don't know why. Well, for some reason? Come on now. No, no. I mean, I don't know. What, what, why did it pop up on the radar recently? Like, very recently. <laughs> did you? What did you do? <laughs> I was just watching this clip of a woman's ass for some reason. <laughs> Couldn't tell you why. I mean, I'm watching a montage of asses, and this one, <laughs> Jesus, I really got sell like No, I mean specifically Roadhouse. Now it's bugging me. Like within the last two weeks, yeah. that scene was on. Was it the TV on and passed out? It was on. <laughs> anyway, now it's bugging me. Oh. My ass montage is. Oh God, dancing uh, through my memory. No, that was uh, you were watching it on my computer. <laughs> Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> now, when I have an ass montage, your face that's great. <laughs> that's why I was getting such a good kick out of it. Anyway, so you know what we should do is we should make a list of the best 80s horror and talk about that for a while, but can't talk about 80s horror without talking about The Lost Boys. Oh, fuck which yes, I love that, that movie. movie. Like, I was just watching that the other day, and that encapsulates 80s horror. It's I not still even- believe! Sorry, saxophone guy. (laughs) Can't live without saxophone guy. But everything, the tone, the acting, the production quality, the effects, the the hazing Mm -hmm. of the bully vampires, the location, Southern California, like that movie sums up 80s horror as far as I'm concerned. They have to be a group of kids, a group of kids fighting the monster, not... Not adults. The adults had no idea what's going on. That, that was 80s horror. The kids are only the ones in the know. The adults never have any fucking idea what's going on. Right. Eight. Like, uh, the, the reason I saw, I remember distinctly how I saw Lost Boys for the first time. My dad came home from work with two movies. He's Like, he would do this sometimes. Every once in a while, he'd stop and rent a movie or even, like, buy us a toy just for the hell of it. My dad was cool. But uh, <laughs> he came home one day. He's like, hey, I got two movies for you. I got, I saw them in the video store. They just, just hit the video store. The brand new today. Monster Squad and Lost Boys. Oh shit! And he said, "All day." Yep. He said, "He's like, which one do you want to watch first? So me and my brother like Monster Squad because that was we didn't we was like, okay, Lost Boys is a vampire movie. I'm not sure, but Monster Squad had Dracula, Frankenstein, and Wolfman. And, you know, that yep. was like, and it, don't get me wrong, love that movie. 
doesn't exactly hold up the greatest when you rewatch it. But I mean, nostalgia glasses on. It's a good movie. Yeah. I will watch Lost Boys on loop for hours. I don't care. We watched that one second. We're like, holy shit, that was awesome. Well, <clears throat> that was also how I saw They Live. Fun fact. Oh my God, that's another great movie. Rowdy Roddy well, Piper <laughs> wears sunglasses me and, and can me see and my brother, we're, we're sitting around one day, middle of the week, watching Star Wars on TV. It was like on network or something like that. And my dad just like kind of not, and we'd heard of this movie. Like dad just kind of nonchalant says, hey, you guys want to watch Star Wars again? Or do you want to go see They Live? We're like, oh, let's go see They Live. So we got in the car and went and saw a movie in the middle of the week. Like that was unheard of. Yeah. Uh, I think I can answer a question right now about what's the best 1980s horror movie. I can I can say probably without any argument from you, I can say The Thing. Yeah, oh God, yes. That's Which still is, one of my favorite horror movies to this day. Yeah, Thing. I love that movie. But that I kind of saw on a tiny little TV that my parents had in the kitchen. I don't know why we they let us use it to watch this. I, I don't remember circumstances. But even then with this tiny little like fucking five by five inch TV, I'm not kidding you. Yeah. It scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Well, 80s horror is a genre all by itself. I don't think it, you can compare it to any other decades horror where see, it borrowed. Go ahead. I was just saying, you, don't, you didn't see what you see today with just these allegory horrors. These, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a metaphor for mental illness or some shit like that. You didn't see that. It was, we need a badass monster. We need to scare some teenagers. We need to we slice need some people up. A big monster to terrorize some teenagers. Yeah. Go. Very, very straightforward. Yeah. Love it. I love 80s horror. Uh, it's it's the best. The sooner I can introduce it to my small children, the better. <laughs> you got to gauge them. You got to watch them. Throw a little weirdness in there. Show them the episode of Punky Brewster with a demon in it. See how that affects <laughs> yeah, them. Get <laughs> if they scream and run, they're not ready yet. But if they think that's kind of cool, then it might be cool. Yeah. We're forgetting a genre. We have comedy. We have horror. Did we do action? We didn't do any action. We talked about Die Hard for a second. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned Sloan um, and Sloan. Yeah. What? You know, I, I could tell you my favorite action movie from the 80s, and it might surprise you. So what was yours? Like, if you if you could pick one. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Favorite action from the 80s. Uh, well, okay. I'll say this. Not because we've already discussed, like, Aliens was, like, the pinnacle. Aliens... So non, non-sci-fi, like more of your Schwarzenegger, Sloan, Van Damme type of stuff. Like uh, one man against a thousand, going to shoot like, the place up, blow them all up. Shit, type of shit. Right. Cobra, uh, Commando, Die Hard. Um, I, I want to say it's either the Terminator. See, that's, that's sci-fi. You still call that sci-fi because it's got oh, the yeah. time travel. Um, rob- killing robots, that's, that's pure sci-fi. Probably Die Hard then. Yeah. What was that? Was that 88 or 89? It, I don't think it was 89. 88. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was 88. Um, die Hard. I think I think solid Die Hard. Yeah. Easy. For, and that's that's probably like, that's definitely the better movie. But for pure personal nostalgia, Bloodsport. <laughs> I loved that movie. I watched over and over it. Me and my friends would recreate it just playing around. Like, I'm going to be the Tanaka clan. And we're going to, you know, shit like that. Oh, my God. Yep. It was the greatest. I've seen Bloodsport so many times. So of all the like the martial art fucking like, oh, this could really happen. That couldn't really happen. You know, Schwarzenegger, you know, all those big action movie stars. That wasn't a sci-fi because I feel like sci-fi should be separate from just pure action. Right. And you're and you're calling anything futuristic or like Robocop would be sci-fi. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Terminator, Alien. So Aliens is my favorite. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Although Robocop 
I think might be nipping at the heels, but I Aliens but, is just your goodness. But even though it's fantastic, like Commando, it's still like military wise or police wise. That's what you're considering. Like yeah, something hard. like nobody's like talking to aliens or making robots or shooting magic beams. It's just people kicking and punching and crap like that. Die Hard. I love Die Hard. Yeah. Agreed. You know what's another good one that I really like that got a lot of rotation on HBO was uh, Jewel of the Nile. Not Jewel of the Nile, uh, Romancing the Stone. Yeah, Romancing the Stone. I, I saw that like once or twice, but I I don't know, never really. Michael Douglas. Well, Kathleen I did see uh, War of the Roses. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is a good natural progression. Right. Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movies ever ever is in war of the roses and i've tried to find it on youtube there's a scene i don't remember what's leading up to it or where it leads to but michael douglas walks in the kitchen there's a whole subplot where kathleen turner hated michael douglas's dog and michael douglas hated her cat and michael douglas is walking in the kitchen and he's talking to her and he has his hands out like he's like what the fuck's going on and he looks down the cat sitting on a stool or a chair or something and he just catches like flings a cat in the air just looks down (laughs) Sees the cat goes whoosh, and just like launches a cat through the air. Just like just sees the cat, launches it, and then just keeps on talking like it's nothing. I thought that was the greatest thing I ever saw. I loved it so much. Because <laughs> you hate cats. Fucking cats. Um. Okay. So we talk toys. We talk music. We talk movies. We talk TV shows. We talk news. Fashion. Did we what talk about col- Well, we talked about the Challenger exploding and oh, the right, right. hands yeah, across right. America. Yeah, yeah. What about? uh collectibles um i did not appreciate things being collectible when i was that young so i didn't like i mean things that would have been collectible i abused the shit out of comic books toys agreed even stuff like uh i don't know how collectible it is but like garbage bill kid cards i i was just gonna say i yeah. have a nearly pristine collection of garbage bill kids see i couldn't even oh man i would trade them with my friends I, oh and i around, did all that stuff like like i didn't protect them at all I, I didn't protect them in the way that I thought that they were going to be worth money later. So I, But I liked them, and I traded them. I didn't see the value in taking the stickers off and sticking them somewhere. I did. I, not all the time, but I would do that. I did do that with uh, Wacky Packages. You remember that? No. Wacky Packages were, I think they started in the 70s, maybe earlier than that. But they're still going now. And basically, it's uh, products that are like... A play on words. Wacky. <laughs> They're wacky. So, like, Nabisco graham crackers would be, like, Nabes- Nabisco ham crackers or something like that. And <laughs> it would be the same box of graham yeah, crackers, a blue yeah. box, but it would be a slice of ham instead of graham cracker. You know what I mean? Like, it's stuff like that. Like Garbage Pail Kids. Like Garbage Pail Kids, but yeah. they were basically products that were made to be either wacky or gross or whatever. And I remember my bedroom, I had peeled off i i had a ton of them probably a hundred of them and i'd peeled the sticker off and the outline of my door when i was younger was stickers that i'd put on the wall of wacky package yeah i that was not in my wheelhouse i i did not come across that at all but i had um i collected the muscle men yep sure you remember those like i said i didn't i had them and i played with them and i used them did you ever have play with battle beast battle beast that don't ring a bell those are they're, they're little tiny things, maybe like an inch or two tall. They're different animals, but they were like animal people, like, you know, arms and legs yeah. with armor on. And the whole thing was you're supposed to, they had like a little hologram sticker on their chest or some part of their body. And you're supposed to put your thumb on it, you know, put like put body heat on it and it would show a little symbol with the heat up. Yeah. 
wood, water, fire. So it's basically, it's supposed to be, you've got these animals, these packages, you get the little figurines and you didn't know what they were until you put your finger on it. And if it was, it was like pop, rock, paper, scissors. I remember the commercial, like wood beat water, water beat, uh, no, wood beat water, water beat fire, fire beat wood. Yes, I remember them. And the the way you're supposed to use them is if you got, you get your friends together and you're like, hey, what do I got? And you figure out, oh, it's fire and you got wood. I win. And it was the stupidest concept because what do you do after that? Yeah. Uh, you, I guess. But me and my brother had them and my friends had them. We would just play with them. Like, oh, they're attacking each other. Fuck this whole wood, fire, water bullshit. I think they were... I didn't have any of them, but I remember seeing them. I wonder what year they came out. If Well, I would say that we did, you know, in my house, we had a bunch of them. We didn't pristinely keep them collected, but we didn't throw away our toys or anything. Uh, my brother went through a pyromaniac phase. <laughs> He liked to melt them things, and he melted the shit out of our battle beasts. And he man, if I remember right, I couldn't believe it. I remember coming home from like high school or something, going, "Oh yeah, I melted all, melted all that stuff." I'm like, what the fuck? What's wrong with you? Why would you melt that? <laughs> that was wow. a tragedy because I'm a teenager by that. I didn't care, but it's like that's just weird. They're a spinoff from Transformers. Did you know that? Seriously? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, battle I'm beast? reading. Uh... Although in the Japanese market, Takara branded the toys as a spinoff of Transformers and even named the toys Beast Formers, their tie into the Transformers universe was not part of the Hasbro story or marketing. So apparently in Japan, the company that made them in Japan made them part of the Transformers story, but not in America. Huh, it's anyway, funny. I, I remember burning one, one figure. It was Hoth Han Solo. And I just darkened, like I used like a lighter to darken him up in a couple places to make him look battle-worn. That's the most I ever did for Pyro. <laughs> yeah, that was not exactly Pyro, though. That was makeup artist. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what you would call that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't burn any of them. I, I did, I think I mowed down a couple of them with a lawnmower. It was like Armageddon for my G.I. Joes. <laughs> you know what? I had a Boba Fett that I lost in our backyard, and that pissed <laughs> me off. Yeah, you were telling me. You said that you could probably go find it right now. I, I really think it's probably still there somewhere. It's like buried or something. I don't know. I have a Boba Fett, original Boba Fett, up on my computer desk upstairs. Oh, nice! I should probably bring that down to the bunker. Yes, you need to. You need to expand for when the North Koreans nuke us. Boba Fett will save you. <laughs> yes, Boba what Fett can do everything. What can't Boba Fett do? He sure. survived the Sarlacc pit. Come on. Well, maybe we don't know for sure yet. Yeah, we know. We hope. God, I want him to be in a movie. Well, I could sit and talk about '80s for another three hours. Ah, uh, easy. We could go into video games. Oh my god! Itself. Let's let's save that for our video game. We episode. should do yeah. We should just do a video game one by itself. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That and, uh, this episode is already three hours long. <laughs> well, once well, we I got... edit it, when I edit it, it'll be probably like just over two. Well, we got a. Uh, you got guess a movie or trivia? Because I got. I, I, I do have a trivia question. I didn't do a movie today. I got an 80s movie. You got an 80s movie? Which has been every movie we've done so far, but still. <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's let's rock and roll. You want you want to do the guess a movie? Yeah, I'll do the guess a movie. Okay, let's see here. Okay, so this movie came out in 1987. Uh, my first fun fact, let's see here. There is a pickup truck used in this movie that the same truck is used in another movie National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is what I mentioned before to tease out. It's a truck that tailgated Chevy Chase's family in the opening scenes of Christmas Vacation. I remember the truck. That truck remember- was in this movie. Oh, shit. Good clue, but I don't know the answer. All right, let's, let's see. Let's try another one here. Um, this tells you something about one of the roles, I guess. There's a role in the movie of a character named Billy. 
who's the main lead's best friend. John Candy was going to be Billy, but he turned it down because he was doing planes, trains, and automobiles. Predator. <laughs> John, yes. Oh my God. I want to see the John Candy version of Predator. That would be awesome. Well, just I was just thinking of Billy. Billy. No, forget about John Candy. <laughs> no, John Candy could have been Billy. That's, <laughs> I want to see him take his shirt off and cut it with a machete. Ah, oh, yes. And then do porn. Isn't that what Billy did? Yeah, he did porn and then tried to run for governor. That's right. Shit, everybody else in that movie did. Why not? Um, okay, so let's see here. Let's try to think of one that didn't. that's not given away. <laughs> this might give it away. One of the characters does a voice that was completely unscripted. It was improvised, but they kept it in the movie. The voice was Pee Wee Herman. So Paul Rubens? Not... It wasn't. It wasn't Pee Wee Herman. One of the characters was like impersonating Pee Wee Herman, doing the ha ha Pee Wee Herman voice because Pee Wee Herman was popular at the time. Oh yeah, big time. Nineteen eighty-seven. That was fucking yeah, yeah. So it was a kid. The kid was doing a Pee Wee Herman voice, not in the script, but they kept it in the movie. It was because they thought it was it was it worked. And John Candy was supposed to be in it, but backed out. Not the main star. The best friend of the main star. Yep. So it tells you something about the body type of this best friend of the main star. One of the main stars. And it had the truck from Christmas Vacation. Yep. Still not getting it. One of the actresses was also in a little show that you might enjoy called Who's the Boss? <gasps> not a main act, not the main star, but one of the main characters. Well, that, that bothers me because the only movie I can think of that she was in was Commando, and that was before 87. Ah, you're thinking of the wrong actress. Oh, shit. Mona? Hmm. The fuck else? Yeah, <laughs> like I think this is it. <laughs> Seriously. All right, I'll give you one more. This maybe. Oh, I don't want to want to oversell it. This might get away. That this is like a romantic comedy. The couple in the movie is a real life couple to this day, and they appeared together in three movies. This one was the last one they appeared together in. At this point, you're gonna kick yourself when you find out what it is. Overboard. Overboard. There you go. Damn. You know that's getting. <laughs> you I, actually, I think I did hear that somewhere. Yeah. And I think the um, uh, I, I think they're gonna do the gender gender swap. Six degrees of whatever. The husband in Overboard, the rich husband, was the main vampire in Lost Boys. Oh, there you go. John Candy. He was gonna play Billy, the fat friend. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Overboard. That was Goldie Hawn. That one was on a loop my entire childhood because that was always yeah. a Sunday afternoon movie. It was on again, and I, I've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> You know what else is getting a reboot? Hmm. <coughs> Speaking of 80s, <coughs> since that's all we've been talking about, but I read this today, um, Steven Spielberg's Amazing Stories. You remember that? Vaguely, yeah. yeah. That's getting a reboot. I can't wait. I loved the opening theme to Amazing Stories. Yeah. Was it, there was one episode I distinctly remember, for, I think it was Amazing Stories, where a guy and a girl can communicate telepathically. Oh, I'm sure. Way in the past, and he lives in the present time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It it was basically uh, like a Tales from the Crypt, but not but not with horror. horror necessarily. Yeah. yeah, I don't Lord. know why this one episode stuck out in my head. Like she, he he would look up and watch an airplane. She was seeing the airplane. She was freaking out, you know, because she lived in the 1800s or something. It was weird. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, the one I remember is the World War II bomber guy down in the bubble, the machine gunners bubble. Yeah, and they lost their landing gear. Do you remember that one? Sounds like heavy metal. And he draws, he's an artist, so he draws on a pad of paper wheels on the bottom of the airplane, and they go to do a crash emergency landing, and they land normally because he drew the wheels of the airplane, and they actually were drawn on the airplane. That's amazing story. That's a weird concept. Yeah. <laughs> it's creative. All right, uh, let me do trivia. All right, hit me with some trivia. <clears throat> Let's, all right. The year is 1993, so I didn't keep it in the 80s. Ah, 
San Francisco is the city. Okay. Restaurant. There's a police officer named Bob Geary. Okay. And they passed a referendum for Bob to keep something with him while he was on duty. And it was a special consideration. The law reads this. Shall it be the policy of the people of San Francisco to allow police officer Bob Geary to decide when he may use his blank while on duty? And it was controversial, and it's something they had to make a law to allow him uh, to use on duty. Sequin ball gown. <laughs> no. Ah. I think I'm pretty close. Though. What could he use on duty? Um, a police officer, while he's on duty, is allowed to have something. And his contention was it helped him with his job. Ooh, one of those multicolored hats with the like the propeller on top. That like a the beanie, ra- rascals. Yeah, like a beanie with like a, like a little rascals beanie. No, that would totally help him with his job, though. Yes, <laughs> like Inspector Gadget, he would just fly away. Uh, wasn't that Casey? Who, Inspector Gadget? No, in, uh, Casey Kasem was Shaggy. No, it was a Get Smart guy. It was a Get Smart guy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Jesus, his horse. No. Was it an animal? No. His mitten. Yeah. No. I got it. Close. You're close with mittens. It's something Is it close you mittens? Use... Was that close to the sequin ball gown? Uh, um, no, but you were close with mittens where it's something you put your hands into. His vintage Michael Jackson sequin glove. Boom. <laughs> no. You ready for it? Okay. I am going to read the law as it passed. You ready? (laughs) Yep. Shall it be the policy of the people of San Francisco to allow police officer Bob Geary to decide when he may use his puppet named Brendan (laughs) O'Smarty while on duty? (laughs) Yeah. He bought bought a ventriloquism doll, named him Brendan O'Smarty, and used him (laughs) while on duty. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? Okay. Tell me at least... (laughs) His sole job was to go to like to schools and do a nope. show or some bullshit. Nope. Oh my god! Can Walking you the beat. getting arrested by that guy? Yeah, he actually had to. He had to tackle a guy with the with the ventriloquist dummy on him. <laughs> That'll be freaky. Like you're in the like, with the oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I had this nightmare once. Uh, he he went out. They they like tried really desperately to get the police officers to connect with the people on the streets. And he got the bright idea to go <laughs> buy a ventriloquism dummy and go meet people on the street with it. And he had a little police officer uniform and badge. Can you imagine that motherfucker oh walking around God. and trying to take him seriously? Could you, he would unite people in utter disdain of his uh, cognitive abilities. All I can think of is on Arrested Development, the uh, Franklin. Joe Franklin. And <laughs> <laughs> it is easy, Brown. Easy, Brown. <laughs> It's not easy being white. All this pressure to do good. I got kids all over town. (laughs) (laughs) Just think. There are people that don't know what that is, and they cannot experience how glorious Franklin Franklin is. (sighs) People go watch Arrested Development for the last time. When George Sr. gets pissed off at the puppet for coming on to his wife. Go watch Arrested uh. Development. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> okay, I'm done. My trivia question's done. We're going to say that every week, I think. Yes. And watch we have a little we have a little treat, not to spoil it, but we have a little treat for everybody for later, probably later this year. Yeah. We, we got to refine it. But yes, it's, it's 
it's in the works. Yes. So trivia. Okay. So my question is, it made me so happy. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what the Max Rebo band is? Yes. I was From Return say, of the Jedi. You must. So yes, I kept it in the 80s. Both my questions. You're welcome. 1983. All right. The Max Rebo band is not the original name or the full name of the Max Rebo band. It was the Max Rebo 12. Originally, Ivar Obus and his Galactus, Galactic something. This last something is the form of music they played. Do you know what the form of music is? What the name of that music Holy genre fuck. is? Uh, uh, reverb vibrations. It's it's a word that George Lucas came up with. George Lucas. That's taken from another word, another form of music. That's a real form of music. If you honestly, if you guess it right, I'm gonna worry for you. <laughs> Uh, so like, it's like a play on, say, jazz. Yes! Like, you hit the nail right on the head. It's exactly a play on the word jazz. Uh, so, give you me the... Right what's that? Think of a way you could change the word jazz that would make me just giddy. Jizz? Jizz! Yes! Yes! Lucas full-on named his space jazz Jizz. Jizz, yes. And if you would play Jizz, you were a Jizz Whaler. Hell yeah, for the spunk. You were called a Jizz Whaler. If you... (laughs) Max Rebo 12 was originally and it's Galactic Jizz Whalers. I I rented that video once. Jizz Whalers 5. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I put a trench coat on and a hat. I just had to look around a little bit. (laughs) It was in the back room behind the beaded curtain. (laughs) Oh my god, did I ever tell you the story about running porn in in college? I must have. Uh, even if you did, I could hear it again. Yes. So, me and my horny friends my freshman year of college, we were like we got we got to get some porn. So we go and where we went to college, you had to go a good 20 minutes to get to a porn a place that rented porn. Yeah. Because the local video store was yeah, that was no good. That was a no no bueno, no no Jesus, no likey. Um so we had to go 20 minutes away to another town to get porn. So we get there. We all pick out, every single one of us, it's like six or seven of us, all pick out a porn. You know, our personal favorites. I got, I think it was Sex Track 3. Anyway. <laughs> um, I like how you remembered it. Oh, it, that was a great porn. <laughs> oh, I got another story about that one. Anyways. <laughs> Milf Splunkers 5. Yes. Back to our slots 9. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we all come up to the counter, and we're just like, yeah, fuck it. You know, we bunch of horny fucking 18 or 19 year olds. We're just going to call it good. Get there. And the guy's like, okay. We got to open a membership to this video store. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I need two pieces of mail with somebody's address on it to open it up. I remember this story now. And everybody's like, we didn't take any fucking mail with us. What are you talking about? So we left one person at the video store standing there guarding the porn while everybody else went back <laughs> to the college to the dorms to try to find some somebody with mail that they still had laying around with their fucking address and name on it and shit like that. Yeah. I, if I remember right, I was the fucking guy standing there watching the porn <laughs> yeah just you were the guardian of the porn like so nobody else because everybody had we, we we sat there for like a half hour going through the fucking porn section the beaded curtains of course the you whole do. spiel yeah going through it and picking it out watching people give us a stink eye from afar and i'm like just standing at the counter going all right <laughs> that's great nothing to see here come on back guys 20 minutes there 20 minutes back i was gonna sit there for a good 40 45 minutes easy yeah yeah. Not counting like a good hour. I was gonna sit there for a good hour. Okay, so that's an hour you can stand there and look at the back, read every word on the back of those VHS. Oh, oh yeah, I was like, all right, what's about this? This one's ah, sixty-five minutes. That's ah, not gonna be so good. Ninety minutes. Ah, yeah, what do you need minutes. ninety minutes for? This is gonna flesh out the story. 
Oh yeah, because <laughs> he did a sequel. That how lazy is that that they just have a porn and they just give it a like bodacious butts eighteen. Like why didn't you just call it something else? Just branch off, you know. Yeah, just you don't need. But that's like the height of laziness is filming a porn and just ah, I don't know which one. This is just gonna be to something else i i want to meet the guy that says you know bodacious butts 12 was phenomenal but 13 they kind of dropped the ball <laughs> that's right no pun intended Ooh, yeah oh oh what's your porn name my See, porn name the, is the, the uh, formula i always heard was yeah there's i guess the one i always heard was the street you grew up on and the yep. name of your first pet the name of your first pet and the street you grew up on no mine uh I, it was uh the your first pet in your mother's maiden name Ah, that's not nearly as fun. Oh, because that would make me Max Horn. Okay, never mind. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's a really goddamn good street name. Yeah, yeah that's my poor name, Max Horn. What's yours? So mine, mine would have been Smokey Schmid. <laughs> <laughs> Very like ethnic. That. But my but the my version would have been Smokey Summit. The street I grew up on would have been Smokey oh, Summit. Oh, that one's way better. Yeah, that's a cool poor name. I like that one. Yeah. Maybe that's my that might be my pen name. I don't know. I have to decide. Oh, I know what your pen name is, no, but yeah, I won't, I won't out name. you yet. That's right. Not yet. You can send me, you knew me back one. So if it was a yeah. street you grew up on, what was that one? Max what? Elm. Yeah, Max Horn's better. Yeah. It's no Dirk Diggler, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, well then, so we've, we've delved into the 80s and we totally and completely avoided half of what we could have talked about. Oh, that, and that's purely because we just didn't think of it. Yeah, we could absolutely sit here for another three hours. We didn't talk politics or economics, you know. Hey, <laughs> well, you snuck some boring shit in there, but no, people need to know about Africa. <laughs> people need to know about Ethiopia. And the... Ethiopian, how you fucking them over? Yep, Good we job. didn't talk. We didn't White talk Joe. about comedians. You know, Andrew Dice Clay. I, mean, I was just say Andrew Dice Clay. That's the uh, you're off. Sam Kinison. I mean, we're gonna. We'll just have to do an '80s part two. We'll do. We'll do '90s next. We'll do '90s at some point, yeah. And then we'll do we'll come back for '80s part two. Part do was Ford Fairlane the '80s or '90s? I think that was '80s. Yeah, okay. He was in he was in a handful of movies. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Women on the Moon. He was in that. Yeah, because that was just a bunch of sketches. That was yeah, that a, was a an actual movie, but he yeah. was in one of the sketches. That was an anthology type of thing. Yeah, we could we could sit here and talk about comedies. We could talk about video games. We could talk about well, if we 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 definitely got to do a video games, and we can't not talk about you know Zelda, Mario, Joust, <gasps> Joust. Yeah, uh, little teaser. Fucking hate. Oh, I'm so bad at Joust. <laughs> anyway, all right. Oh, speaking of that, real quick, my brother got a fucking SNES classic. Bastard. Oh, did he? Yeah. yeah, I'll. I'm sure I'll get one at some point. I want one. We're um we're tightening up the budget a little bit, trying to get ahead of things and build a garage and Yeah, at this point it's a budget not keeping you from it. It's just availability. Oh, they'll be available. I I got one of Something. the NES classic um last year. Yeah. But they Nintendo has said they're gonna try and bring that back and then make more of the Super Nintendo classics available. I have a Super Nintendo. Um I keep my ear to the ground as far as game prices. Uh, most games hover around five bucks a piece, but there are some real good games that are like uh, a brand. No, not a brand new used Metroid with the box. Our uh, hmm. Super Metroid is sixty dollars on eBay. Wow! For the original cartridge, and you know I pay attention to those types of things. And one of the message boards that I went to that kind of discussed why 
those original games are so expensive, some of them are, it's because they made really good, solid games with play, you know, replayability, and that's just one of them. Uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past. It's another one. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be as expensive as the Super Metroid, but uh, still my favorite Zelda game. Yeah, Link to the Past. Well, yeah. it's because you haven't now, played Bre- you haven't played Breath of the Wild. So. I haven't played a lot of the more recent ones either. So, like, I- well, some of the more recent ones, like Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword, I could probably get some hate mail. <clears throat> I know Don is what is listening right now, and he's probably mm. going to say I'm a blasphemer, but. Skyward Sword and Twilight Princess are at the bottom for me anyway. <laughs> like the original Zelda is difficult, doesn't have a lot of replayability right now, but it's still got that nostalgic feel for me. Link to the Past, definitely one of the mm. best. Absolutely right up there in the in the top 3. But Breath of the Wild, hands down, without a doubt, probably the best video game I've ever played in my life. And that's oh. not saying too much cuz I don't I don't play a lot of video games anymore. Like I don't I, know. It's a still a strong statement. It, it's it, very definitive. It's uh, the way, I guess, Elder Scrolls style. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Very much the same. But it's just there's so much freedom to do whatever you want. The, you know, you can complete the game where you want or you can explore. You Like, there's all kinds of things that interact with other things. And fire does certain things. You can cook food. You can, you know, there's, there's just, you can climb to places that you normally wouldn't be able to go to in other video games. Mm-hmm. It's, it's unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild, cool. Ooh. Video game prices suck, but I have a, <laughs> a an original Nintendo and an original Super Nintendo. I've got a GameCube. I've got a N six. No, I don't have an N sixty four. That's the only one I don't have. I have a Wii, a Wii U. Uh, we have oh, a game. Right, right. We have we have like five Game Boys. <laughs> she has uh, two of her original Game Boys, a Game Boy and a Game Boy Color. I I almost want to say I think my brother just found one of our original Game Boys some recently. Yeah, I, th- I think he did. And we I don't both, know if we had any games. We both have Game yeah. Boy Advance SPs, and I bought. I had her... some advanced games, but I don't have an actual advanced Game Boy. Like I really? found some old cartridges, but I don't have the actual Game Boy itself. Huh? It's weird. You should pick one up. Thing. I might have one. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we'll save that for the for the video game. Or the video game. Or maybe we can just do a whole gaming one where it's just all games, board games, oh, sure. video games, games in general. Yeah, we gotta do that. Yeah, because I I uh, I'm game. actually a little bit of a board game connoisseur. Really, and I have sought out and found a whole bunch of vintage board oh, games. Did you ever play the Benji board game? I'm sure I played it. I don't own it. <laughs> uh, I, just, I remember I the scene. I remember the 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 top of the box was one big picture from the movie, and it's the picture of him on the roof. Yeah, maybe jumping right. off the roof. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah, we'll save that cool. for the po- the future podcast. All right. So, uh, are you good? You good with the eighties right now? I'm great with the eighties. All right. Used well, with is... the eighties. It's gnarly and tubular, rad and rad. Oh, you know it was uh, like a hundred. That was a big one. If something was uh, like mint, anything good was mint. That's mint. Like a hundred. Like a hundred. That's like a hundred. Not my vernacular. Yeah, mint and like a hundred were synonymous. Huh cool well this is uh max horn saying <laughs> dip me in your monday milk and this is bob um the savior of africa scully <laughs> saying don't send free food wow that sounds terrible anyway dip me in your monday milk <laughs> all right see you later Bye-bye.